0: Hello and welcome to Infinite Pixels. I'm your host, Jordan, and this month I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Ryan. Each month we talk about... Uh, <laughs> each month we come together to talk about a video game we think is fun, important, or just interesting. And this month we're talking about Psychonauts 2! Hooray! Yay! We finally did it! We played a game that is recent, and we played a, a, a game that uh, I think both of us were really, really excited about.
1: and not just one of us. Absolutely. No, as soon as we finished Psychonauts 1... Um, I watched the trailer for Psychonauts 2 and I was like, fuck, this looks awesome. It was just cool to see Psychonauts art style in like a modern, high-definition high, yeah. high definition, uh, render. So, yeah. I, yeah bananas. I, but you played this game when it first came out, right? No. Oh, okay. When you... I, I
0: didn't play it for a while because I had never played Psychonauts 2. Er, yes, I had also not played Psychonauts 2 before I played Psychonauts 2. No, I hadn't played Psychonauts 1 uh, f- like at all. Mm. Um... And I had bought it on like PlayStation, like years and years and years and years ago. I just didn't get around to it. Sure. Uh, and then Psychonauts Two came out, and I was like, I should probably play through Psychonauts One, and then I did that. And then it wasn't till like later in 2022 uh, that I played through Psychonauts Two.
1: So you still played it like relatively close to its release yeah, date, like uh, around that. I mean, day. even we played it at the end of the year going into this year and even Mm -hmm. it's like a modern game like it kind of just came out so it was really cool to at least for me because I don't get around to playing a whole lot of modern games it was fun to play something that uh like I I could be like oh I'm relevant again yeah
0: this is the most modern thing I think we played on the show since Alan Wake
1: not Alan Wake fuck Control (laughs) (laughs) yeah since Control definitely but I think this takes the cake so we'll see if we can ever time it where we play a game like when it comes out, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't
0: think uh, unless we can get like code, which we don't really have a lot of listeners. Yeah, unless we can like uh, advertise to it or not advertise, contact like a publisher and be like, "Hey, uh, we know that uh, Alan Wake Two is coming out. Can we get a code so we can play and talk about it on the podcast?" <laughs> I would buy a. That modern... would be the that would be the dream. But I'd buy a there. new
1: Xbox model if I if I got an Alan Wake Two code. But anyway, yeah. Uh, t- can you tell us, Jordan? and It, it is Jordan, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of Psychonauts 2? Like, kind of the, dare I say, development history? Yes,
0: I can. Psychonauts 2 was developed uh, around 2016. It started, like, after uh, Double Fine made uh, their game Headlander, um, or around that time that they were finishing it. Um, and an important note about uh, the development of the game is that they, like, did a crowdfunding campaign for it in, like, 2014. Um Double Fine started there, or not 12, 14, 2012 is when they did a Kickstarter campaign for Broken Age, which was their return to like a, a an adventure game, um, for like Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer, who worked on like uh, uh like Grim Fandago and, and Second, One, Full Throttle mm. and whatnot at LucasArts. Um and so they decided to do another crowdfunding campaign for Psychonauts 2 and they did it on a uh, Fig, which was a new crowdfunding platform that launched at that time and the and that crowdfund crowdfunding platform was like, oh, people are gonna be able to get money out of this game, like they're gonna invest in it. Mm. Um well, the thing about the the crowdfunding campaign is it, it was very successful, but like FIG I remember shut down eventually. Um, like, crowdfunding just kind of petered out and wasn't a fad, really, anymore. Um, but, uh, they were still going to keep making the game, um, and they filmed the entire development of it, like they did with, uh, the development of Broken Age, Mm -hmm. two-player productions, which is now, like, formally, like, employed by Double Fine, after they, they made the Broken Age documentary. They became like employees of Do- okay. Double Fine.
1: I believe that there. Um, yeah, if you watch the documentary. I think yeah, there's clear.
0: there's some twists and turns with certain members of the team that like start to go work on Psychonauts 2. Yeah. Which is interesting.
1: So they made that documentary and while they were filming it, the development of Psychonauts 2 had a lot of production issues. And you can see this in the documentary, which is yeah. is on YouTube. It's called Psych Odyssey. Um, so like 36 hours long or something yeah. like that. It's really long. And we both really watched good. all of it. Did you finish it? I finished it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's worth a watch. Like it's crazy. Um, th- we'll get into it later, but it's just crazy to watch this game unfold and develop yeah. um, over six or seven years, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, cause Psychonauts 2 had a lot of development issues. Like you said, it's just like this very lopsided, long development cycle. Um, yeah. But that development cycle ended with Double Fine being purchased by Microsoft in 2019, and Microsoft funded the end of that game, and uh, it was released in 2021. Yeah. So, despite all the de- development troubles, which, again, super interesting, uh, the game came out, and I think it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was a fascinating uh, documentary to watch, mm-hmm. because you don't get very many of these in... The industry, and especially not for this, is probably like double that A development. This is probably more like double A development.
1: It's probably cl- it's pretty high end double A development. Like it's yeah. a multi million dollar yes. game, you but it,
0: it's not like something like a Ubisoft game. No, yeah. where you're like, oh shit! Like, yeah,
1: you have a, an entire yeah. army of people working on it twenty four seven. Yeah, this uh, is.
0: I think they have they have sixty developers who work for them. <sighs> God damn! Which is still a lot, but it's it's not. Hey, these are multiple studios spanning the globe.
1: Yeah. Well and that makes it even more impressive that this game is the way it is, because even though Microsoft came in to finish it up, it's like crazy to think that it's still like seventy-five percent an indie game, like an independently developed yeah. game before a big company came in and um, you know, uh signed the final check. But uh it's it's like it definitely this game has a very Quirky, you know presentation story beats uh, it's it's a really um, Unique game when compared to what is at this budget level in the modern gaming market, you know It doesn't
0: feel like there's a lot of like publisher interference mm-hmm. either um, They were originally gonna get funded by Starbreeze and then Starberries had problems So that's why they decided to get bought by Microsoft among other reasons um, and it feels like Microsoft just was like, just make a good game, mm-hmm. especially because you know at that time, the de- the pandemic was going on, so you see that in the doc where they're just like, just finish it. Yeah, they take as much time as you as you need. Which kudos to Microsoft. I mean, obviously, there's the in the doc they get really like heavy into certain stuff with uh, employees leaving and whatnot, but they also get uh, there's like moments where they're like hey, is Microsoft going to own this or that or whatever? And they're like, and uh, Microsoft execs are like, we don't know, but we're probably going to have to have discussions because we're a corporation and, you know, like corporations want to be corporate. Yeah. So, which is not how an indie team like Double Fine back in the day wanted to run and, you know, people left and people Mm -hmm. stay around who were okay with that. And they haven't put out anything since then, but it's, It's interesting. You don't really see a lot of talk about that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. and I'm really happy that people were that they were able to film something
1: like that because it's very enlightening. It's unique. Uh, Like like you said, there's just not a lot of like video (laughs) evidence of this kind of stuff. Yeah, and it is. um, It's really interesting to see that uh, Psychonauts 2 essentially is like the last independent Double Fine game and you get to watch if you watch the documentary about the making of Psychonauts 2 you watch an indie studio become uh a non independent studio so it's also something that's kind of unique to be documented yep. and shown the way it is it's really raw
0: it's like sad at parts you're like i i understand uh why people are having these conversations and i also would get was getting flashbacks to you know jobs that i've had or like college work where i'm like people are not Doing the assignments they're supposed to be doing and why aren't they doing these or why can't we get these things done and people being like because we just can't
1: yeah I definitely it's it's a Documentary that's very relatable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh. But Psychonauts to the game. Not, we're not talking about, about the
0: documentary. We talk should talk about
1: that for like fuck of fifty years. We'll talk about that in three hours. Yeah. For now, we want to talk about Psychonauts to the game. Yeah. So the movie, the game, and it it is base. It is like a playable movie in a lot of ways, yeah. but it's very narrative driven, right?
0: Yeah. The uh, the narrative is arguably the best part of the game. Sure. Uh. So I figured I'd do a quick summary for those of you who didn't play it which what are you doing pause this episode play through the whole game it's on xbox it's on playstation it's not on switch uh and then you could come back and you can listen to the podcast and do do that yeah now now okay welcome back welcome back uh so this game uh takes place after rhombus of ruin which uh was a vr game that they developed uh i don't know if you played like the kingdom hearts series you didn't, right? Me? No. no. But they kind of did a Kingdom Hearts thing where Kingdom Hearts has Kingdom Hearts 1 and then it has Kingdom Hearts 2. And in between Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, they had Chain of Memories on the Game of Oh, base. sure, yeah. And Ram- that's Rhombus of Ruin. Rhombus
1: of Ruin is an in-between sequel, yes. Call, yes. It's, it's
0: still, there's still plot elements from Rhombus of Ruin that are impactful to... Psychonauts 2, yeah. but it, it doesn't matter for the overall plot. They do a pretty good job of summing up what happened in Ramas of Ruin.
1: Even so, though, I watched the Ramas of Ruin playthrough on YouTube to prepare to play yeah. for playing Psychonauts 2. I'm glad I did. I think I got more. Yeah. I, I appreciated the extra context. Yes, yeah, so. it was cool.
0: So, uh, following the events of Ramas of Ruin, Raz and the Psychonauts uh, have rescued the grand head of the Psychonauts, Truman Zanotto, from Dr. Lobato. Nice. And they arrive at the Mother Lobe, the headquarters of the Psychonauts. Uh, Raz becomes an intern for the Psychonauts uh, and covers a plot to resurrect the old enemy of the Psychonauts, Maligula. Uh, And then it's up to Raz to uncover the mysteries of Maligula's resurrection and he must unite the founders of the Psychonauts, Psychic Six, and fix Ford Crawler's broken brain. Otherwise, there's going to be a total meltdown, and Maligula is going to take over the world and stuff. So that's basically the the rising action of the game.
1: Yeah, that's that's essentially the thrust of the narrative for sure. So uh, and like you said, it's it's arguably the best part of the game. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely better than the first game in a lot of ways. This game feels like a much more finessed and streamlined version of the first game. Um, yeah, I agree. It's 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 one of those instances, like when we played um, Alan Wake on this podcast, we talked about how the game Control is kind of makes Alan Wake antiquated. Mm-hmm. Control just kind of is more refined and better thought out than Alan Wake was, and there's a decade difference between the two games, so that yeah. makes sense. They learned a lot. They learned a lot, and that's what I noticed immediately when I started playing Psychonauts 2, because... We just played the first one last year and mm-hmm. that was my first time playing it. Um, so playing this one, it's very apparent, like, oh, they learned a lot. There, there's a lot that is much easier to navigate yeah. in this game than the first one. The Obviously, the graphics are a huge improvement, but um, what I love about the graphics, like right off the bat, when I booted this game up, it looked beautiful, but it looked just like an updated version of the original game. Yeah, the
0: animations are stellar. and so good. That's really, really cool because this game looks like when people say, like, it's like an animated movie, like a video game. Like, this looks like a modern animated movie. Yeah,
1: honestly. Um, If you watched all the cutscenes in this game, it it would just look like you're watching a movie that was made for theaters or streaming service or whatever. Uh, It's great. Um, And I I love the um, moment in the game, like, the, the start of the game. The very beginning of the game with <clears throat> Dr. Lovato. Yeah, the first level is pitch perfect. This it's is so good. It's
0: probably one of my favorite openings to a video game ever. Because you, it starts, like, in media Rest where you're like, why am I in this office building? And then it turns out you're in Dr. Lovato's head. And you and, like, the other psycho- psychonauts that were on the jet at the end of, like, the last game and came back from the rhombus of ruin um are all in like doctor Lobato's head and they've created like a, a psychic uh what what do they use what word do they use it's like a it's
1: like a trap i don't know if yeah it's it.
0: a it's a construct that's yeah. the word they use uh-huh. they like they make construct to be like you're you're employee of the year because they want him to tell they want him to tell them why he kidnapped Truman Sonato and, yeah. like, why he won't wake up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's really, really funny because they're like, here, play the month. He's like, you get cake in the break room. Yeah. And it's like they're doing cool stuff where they're, like, shifting the level around mm-hmm. and, like, it's slowly devolving
1: into teeth because he's a dentist. Yeah. He's a mad dentist. Yeah. But even then, like, Dr. Obato is just such a silly character. Seeing mm-hmm. him in an office environment thinking like oh, I need to go get uh, some cake from the break it's <laughs> yeah. it's just funny like it's immediately funny yeah. um and i I really that was really clever too, because you're what is funner what's more fun to deconstruct than an office right like there's nothing more streamlined and uh geometric and kind of like drab than an office, yeah, and as Dr. Lobato realizes that he's in a trap by the psychonauts, um the office setting starts to become like more mind-bending and more surreal and mm-hmm. all this like tooth and dentist imagery starts coming in uh so there's like giant teeth it's disgusting
0: yes awesome i love that that's the opening of the game is you're seeing all these like gum and uvulas and yeah. like these you know how like in teeth like with teeth they have like the nerve endings like mm-hmm. underneath them they're like kind of like spindly and gross. Like you
1: are seeing all that and you're like, this is gross.
0: Yeah. It was, it was and that's great.
1: hilarious. That's that's the opening of this game. Yeah, you know? it's like if you don't like that kind of stuff, it's the funny thing is that's probably as gross as the game gets. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the brain in a jar visual is a little more gross later, but it's it's also the moment that I there was two moments in this first level where I was like, oh, this is gonna be a fucking Amazing game. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember which order they came in, but one of them was when there's a path, there's a wall with like teeth going up it, and you unzip yeah. the wall. And that was amazing because the was, dental a dental dam. Yeah, the of. dental dam. Yeah. It's it's so it's so fun to have this like teeth imagery everywhere already, but then to draw the visual parallel between uh, a jaw and a zipper and you have to unzip it and just made it like so much more gross and so much more surreal mm-hmm. uh, I was it was just like what a genius Yeah idea um, and then I loved the extending hallway portion yeah. with dr. Lovato. That was so good I went honestly in hindsight. I wish there were more parts like that in the game mm-hmm. like mind bendy parts um, but that... there's some parts of that with like Hollis's level where you're like jumping on like the X-rays and stuff, right? Sure. And then there's there's a a couple parts where like it's it gets dark and you can't see where you're going, or like you think yeah, you like see something I, and you come I, up on the horizon. Is it Bob's
0: level where you're like going through like the cake, and, yeah. it, and it's like an impossible hallway? Mm-hmm.
1: And that one's cool. Yeah. Um, or like uh, Hollis's level when. You jump into the back of an ambulance, and then when you come out, it's a completely different yeah. environment. That's cool. I and that stuff probably was really hard to implement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I every time it happened, I think it it was really really good. It was basically yeah. perfect. Um, so yeah, I love loved this game from level one, and the other moment that made me feel like wow, this is Psychonauts one, but with the proper amount of like budget. And experience behind it was when you uh, first arrive at the mother lobe mm-hmm. and you walk into like the main office area and there's all these psychonauts just like walking around and talking and hovering and floating yeah um, that was I was like wow this is so this is like
0: a lived in place
1: yeah it's so crazy how ambitious it was to just have that neutral environment there like that felt so organic mm-hmm. um, especially right away uh, you know, obviously, the more you play the game, the more like you can see the seams and like the programming stuff where you just recognize the same character models and repeated animations. Yeah. But that moment, I was like, Whoa, I'm at the Psychonauts HQ. This is cool. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like what happens after? Because, um, but I'm sorry. We don't need to talk about the plot plot. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I totally just threw myself off by saying <laughs> It's that. fine. Um, I mean,
0: I was going to mention, because you were talking about what you really like about this game. I think what I really like about this game is the fact that it's like a more mature take on the Psychonauts. If you remember in like the Psychonauts, the first game, it felt like, um, not to say that it's like completely immature, but there are definitely like moments. Like I love, um, who was it? The Milkman?
2: Mm-hmm, uh, um, I love
0: the Milkman conspiracy. That's a level that kind of does make fun of, um, like, psychosis or, like,
1: bipolar disorder or whatever. I think Milkman Conspiracy, the disorder is more like a paranoia or, like, almost paranoia, schizophrenia yeah, even. Paranoia.
0: I'm so, uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Um, and in Boyd, this game... The Milkman boy, That's his yeah. name. Uh, it feels like some of the levels in the first game were making fun of some of these mental disorders. Whereas in this game, it feels like all of the mental disorders or just things that people are suffering from are taken more seriously. Like for instance, you know, like, uh, Compton's level, Mm -hmm. uh, where you're in a, uh, level where you're feeding these giant puppets, puppet animals, and it's kind of like a master chef like make these recipes really fast yeah a cooking it, show yeah and in, and like that is anxiety and that's that's dealing with that anxiety in like a very mature way because Compton at the beginning is like very unconfident he's like i don't know how i'm going to make these dishes and at, the, at the, the end of the level he's like here's how we made these dishes like we did this really fast and then like even at the end when you have to fight the the puppets like, it does throw another wrench in it where now he has to be on his own and he has to make the dishes and throw them back at you to mm-hmm. feed to the puppets again. Um, but he gets, like, confident after that, too. He's like, oh, like, I've I've done this on my own. I know how to do this now. Yeah. And, th- and that's, like, shown throughout the different levels where, like, Cassie has, like, the different personalities in her life. And she's like, I need to unite them all in order to make myself, like, kind of, like, whole. I don't really know what that one's playing off of a play off of but like you know like Bob and his his like alcoholism is like taken pretty maturely Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. like which is not what I expected even from like watching the documentary where they're like talking about like what if this guy's like not an alcoholic I remember that's like one of the endings that they do to one of the episodes where I was like yeah, <laughs> it probably would have been nice if you don't make the gay character like his whole thing that he loves. Oh, he loves yeah. booze uh-huh.
1: that he's uh, had a downward spiral. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the game is about empathy even more than the first game was. Um, That's where it really felt like a again, like a better version of Psychonauts one in some yeah. ways, because the messaging that they're uh, that the game is conveying about. Mental health and helping people is all so much more like I don't want to say more thought put into it or like just flat out better, but it kind of is just flat yeah. out like the storytelling's better, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, even the, the main villain Maligula, you uncover and uh in the game that she's this dictator, mm. or she's not a dictator, she was used by her country, Grolovia, There's like a war. Mm -hmm. Um, and the psychonauts were active during the war. Well, no, I guess not because there, there's, they, they get like called to the war, I guess. And they don't want to be in it. I I don't know. Like, that's the only thing that I, that I don't think is that fleshed out very well. It's just, you see with like the vaults that were in the first game, um, they kind of do their storytelling of like what happened in the background for these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, and for Maligula, you see that like her and Ford had a relationship and then she went off to Grylobia to help her country during the war. And then she ended up staying there and ended up becoming like a tool for Grolovia and like was killing people. Yeah. Um, she has like water, like hydrokinesis. So she was like drowning a bunch of people, uh, like there and just, there were protests and she like killed her sister and all this. <laughs> it's like really mature stuff. Yeah. And, it's, like, it's,
1: it's a little heavy. Yeah. And,
0: they don't say, like, you're a horrible person for that. And they also, like, don't throw Ford under the bus because mm-hmm. Ford does some pretty terrible things mm-hmm. in this game, too. He Like, when you repair his fractured mind, it's revealed that, like, he used... Uh, or he made Maligula forget about uh, her actions during the war. And then he said... Uh, you are—he like implanted a construct that was like you are the uh, mom of Raz's like dad, Mm. and you didn't kill your sister. You've always been the the grandma of Raz. Yeah, you've
1: always been the mom of this boy. Yeah, but really, the boy was uh, Maligula's nephew, but Mm -hmm. Maligula killed his mom. Yeah, so they they were brainwashed into thinking they were a mother and son. Yeah.
0: by Ford and Ford is like he's like I did a, I did a horrible thing and he did like it's yeah, like a, it's a shitty well, thing. Well, Raz,
1: Raz says it at one point. He's because Ford did that because he didn't want to like kill Maligula or put yeah. in jail or whatever. So Raz I think says like you couldn't handle a hard decision, so you made my family babysit a murderer for 20 years. Yeah, just like... like yeah, you yeah. did, <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's, like, horrible, too, because you, you go back to your parents. Eventually, like, Raz's parents show up at the Motherlow, which is really funny, because they're embarrassing yeah, him. I love that. Um, and they're, like, in the circus uh, troupe, so, mm-hmm. they're, so they're, like, doing all these, like, circus things, and you can do, like, side quests for them, where you, like, build their tent and stuff, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you go back to your family again and like your dad is just like sitting there like just like his mind is like shattered You're talking his, at the end of the game. yeah he's yeah, yeah. like his entire like half of his life was like a lie yeah well his mom like, yeah who
1: he thought was his mom did turned out to be the person who killed his mom yeah <laughs> but he's and i think again he had some dialogue that's like i remember my real mom but then i also think of Uh, You know, Nona is what they call her, Mm -hmm. because that's uh, the word for grandma. Um, And he's like, but I also think of Nona, too, as my mom. So I have this, like, hurricane of emotions, and I just don't even know what to do with them. And it's sad. Like,
0: at the end, like, they do end up getting together, and they, like, they have this really great moment where they create this giant tower. They do the, uh, what was it, The, the Aquato... Uh, the
1: waterfall or upward fall. Yeah, or something. something
0: like that and they do this really cool circus circus move and like fling like Raz to Maligula to try mm-hmm. to save everyone uh, and it's like oh like everybody like they they got together and they they Solved the problem together.
1: Yeah as a family it was cute. I, I love Well, I loved Raz's family in this game, but I love the metaphor of a family being a circus Because uh-huh. in the first game it was so clever and I think I talked about this on our episode, I love that Raz comes from a family of acrobats and circus performers, which is why he can jump around yes. and walk on tight ropes and flip like a platforming video game character. Yep. I love that they wrote that into his character. It, it's it's such a good diegetic uh, element of the game. And then in the sequel, I love the metaphor of Raz's family being a circus troupe because they show up and like you said, they're embarrassing him because they're doing like trapeze acts. Um, but also, they he's getting caught up in it. They're like throwing him around and being like, you haven't been working on your stunts as much. And he's a new intern, so his like, he's getting hazed. He's getting and his, embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. His, his other interns are like, oh, your family's here, you little nerd. Yeah, <laughs> and it's fun. And i it's such a good, like the music that plays when they show up too is circus music. Um and it families can feel like a circus sometimes. Yeah. So that was so clever of uh the writer Tim Schaefer and the production team to be like, Okay, Raz's family is a circus, let's lean into that and make it so there are a circus in his life, not just like literally, but metaphorically. Yeah. They're coming in and being overwhelming and bombastic and uh over the top. Um and it's it's such a rich metaphor. And actually I wanted to say this too. Um Did you notice uh, when Raz's family sets up camp in the questionable area in the game? Mm -hmm. um, The three people that are the most resistant to Raz's psychic abilities are uh, Raz's mom and his grandma, Nona, and his little sister. Um, And those three people are at the base camp. They're all close to each other. I don't think his little sister cares. His little sister's indifferent. Uh, def. She definitely never his, comments on it. His older
0: sister Frazy, mm-hmm. is more like, because she has psychic abilities too. Yeah, she's she's more like I love her like throwing pine cones at him off screen. Yeah, the um, running gag. Yeah, like she's more of like, don't reveal this to me. Like I don't like I don't want you to to make this a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I thought she had more of a problem with it, and and I guess Dion does too. Like Dion is more just like. I'm I'm the cool older brother, I don't care.
1: Yeah, he's aloof. No, he's he's mad at Raz. He thinks psychics are stupid, and he thinks Raz abandoned his family. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. But I... It, Deon, I did Dion's
0: quest so fast, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah,
1: same. Uh, he's in his own area, with his own quest, and the mom and Nona and the little sister are in the main, like, camp area. Mm-hmm. And the little sister, uh, whose name, I forget, but she, yeah, she's not, like, anything towards Raz other than just like an excited little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his dad is off practicing his psychic abilities. Um, because his dad is psychic, mm-hmm. but then his sister Frazy is way off. Um, and she's repressing her psychic abilities cause she's also psychic. Yeah. So like you said, she's not interested in developing anything or having any kind of psychic identity. So I thought it was really interesting that, and the mom and Nona, the grandma, there, when Raz brings it up to them that he's psychic or whatever, Nona's just like in denial, but says like psychics are bad, stay away from water. Yeah, and his mom is also just like yeah, j- just be quiet, like just don't even yeah. talk to me about that. Um, so they're paired together. His dad, who's totally embracing of him, is off away from that group of characters. His brother, who's totally denying of him, is uh also off away from that group of characters. So you have the characters that are kind of like ignoring it the character that is embracing of it and the character that is rejecting of it all in different areas and then his sister who's wishy-washy about it like she is nice to raz but she doesn't want to be a psychic she's way off in the distance uh, up high up trying to uh, figure her own stuff out and then raz's little brother uh creepy which is an amazing name yeah um he has his own side quest where you have to run around and, um like, try you have to, to find to him. him. You gotta find him. And every time you try to talk to him, Raz is like, hey, I like your dancing, because he's dancing. And Queepy's like, fuck you, get away from me. But he doesn't say fuck you. <laughs> he says fuck you in this T-rated game. Yeah, exactly. He says fuck you, you blood fucker. But, um, yeah, so, and I don't think there's anything to say this in the game, but I got that the implication was that Creepy was also psychic. Maybe, um... Because he does go to the
0: other, like, the intern that's doing the radio station. Yeah, and I yeah. could see him, like, learning from him and the uh, the one with the skateboard. I can't remember either
1: of those people's names. Yeah, there's, like, seven interns. Out yeah. Um,
0: that was actually something I was going to bring up is uh, I, I actually don't think the stuff with the interns is very fleshed out.
1: They definitely feel like supporting characters more than... Um, essential narrative characters yeah I mean they feel like the in the camp
0: kids from the first game the camp kids at the very least had some like fun interactions but they are sporting characters as well mm-hmm. um but with this especially at the beginning where you're doing Hollis's level and you're like breaking in the casino and they all show off their like abilities at the beginning I
1: thought they would be more in the game but they're not. Well, yeah, they do that Hollis level in the beginning, and it's like, whoa, cool. I think they call it like a psychic synchronicity or something. Yeah, something like that. So I I thought, oh, that's a setup. There's going to be several events where you do stuff with the interns throughout the game. That and the final level
0: where you're battling Maligula are the only times where they really come into the story, Mm -hmm. and they also show them off like with comic booky style cutscenes. Yes. And yeah. those style of cutscenes don't ever really come back. Yeah, there. it
1: it definitely feels like something that got lost in development of yeah. this would be cool, but they only had the time to put it at those two parts. Mm-hmm. It would have been cool like if at the end of every level level they had it actually reminded me of uh the Persona games mm-hmm. that moment. It would be cool It's if, very Persona. Yeah, at, to the point where maybe it was inspired by Persona, but... Maybe. It would have been cool if at the end of every level, or at the end of every two or three levels, the other interns come in and they have a little Persona moment.
0: Yeah. You know? It would be cool if, like, because you're going around, you go to, like, you know, the Brain in the Jar, Psy King, and, like, uh, Cassie's area, and Bob's level, and, you know. It would be cool if, like, one of them also goes into the Brain with you. And maybe sure. you have to do a quest with them. I mean... Other than probably, like, king because you have, you know, you have Helmet there actually, like, being a character that's following you around. Mm -hmm. I think the rest levels would have benefited by having a character like that following you and maybe giving you, like, some nice bits and pieces. But, you know, I don't know if that would have gotten in the way of, like, the storytelling within the levels. Because I think the storytelling when you're in the levels... Is really strong Mm -hmm. Um, except for like my only issue is I I do think Cassie's level is kind of like okay so yeah not not because it's it's bad it's just like I felt like her problem she was able to accomplish it really easily whereas I feel like everybody else like you know helmet is like oh I don't want to face the fact that I got left behind you Mm -hmm. know uh, Compton has his anxiety and, and sensory overload that he's having, and Bob is
1: like self-medication and yeah. anger and isolation. Yeah,
0: and like I, I just felt like that wasn't a thing for um for Cassie at all, and really Hollis, but Hollis is there to it's Hollis feels like a level that's trying to set up like. You can't just go in and change these people.
1: Yeah, no, d- Hollis is not. It serves a purpose yes. at the beginning of the game. Yeah, Hollis has a very specific narrative function, um, and I, which I liked a lot. Yeah, Cassie's level, I really loved the aesthetic of Cassie, Cassie's level. Yes, oh, um, I really loved the music when that level started, and it's just this like kind of distant piano mm-hmm. that was different from everything I'd seen thus far. It, it was really, really nice. Um, But, yeah, as far as, like, what she was struggling with, I took it as she was too compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. Like, she wasn't um, a synchronous being. She was someone who said, I have failed, so I'm going to shut down at everything except for my hobby. You know, like, a kind of, like, negative coping mechanism of, you know, if, if you have some tragedy happen in your life, then you, uh, work on your, uh, painting and you do like 50 paintings for like three months. And when people try to say like, Hey, maybe stop painting. I, you know, everything's maybe go back to your job. You're like, no, I just want to finish this like, like laser focus, you know, like blinders on. I think it was Cassie's hers. Uh,
0: and Bob's too. Like Bob has like the plants that are like come in and help. Yeah. And, and also like, uh, Cassie has the bees that are like, you know, do you want to go outside? And she's like, no, I'll just stay in here.
1: Yeah, they're kind of protecting her too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, well, basically all the, because you, you learn about the Psychic Six, which is like the founding Psychonauts. The psychic Seven, it's, it's revealed. Seven. Oh. Um, but yeah, they, they all basically have trauma from the trauma and like some kind of uh, PTSD. From the battle with Maligula that happened yeah. 20 years ago, so the game is helping them conquer the trauma and the um, negative mental um, processes that have, that they've been coping with for the last 20 years. You know, yeah. all of them basically, except Auto Mentalis, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> But everybody
0: like rags on Otto. They're just like this guy's he's whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like the most side character of all. Of them. Yeah, it's so funny he,
0: He's the guy that gives he's like your cue. He gives you inventions, yeah. but he's he's uh, they all like make fun of him They're like, oh, this is like the first machine of his that actually worked
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know or like um When you're in Cassie's mind and you see the projection of Otto so like what Cassie thinks of yeah. Otto uh, he talks and he's like, I think I'm way smarter than I actually am. Uh-huh. And I actually don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> or when you're in, um, uh, they use Otto again for a similar purpose in Bob's mind. Yeah. And it's not so much making fun of Otto, but that was a moment that I really loved where you go up to Bob's mental projection of Otto mentalis. And you say like, hey Otto, are you friends with Bob or whatever? And he's like, not really. We all liked uh, Helmet full bear Better, but we just kept Bob around because he was with helmet Bob's level is so good and it's so sad like I know that moment I was, was like oh, oh. I was like oh that's so sad that he thinks that yeah
0: it's a lot of this game is uh, is really soul-crushing with certain characters like I i I love Bob's like background with like his his mom that she committed suicide right that's uh, what it implied, it implied I, uh, yeah
1: right? it was either she committed suicide or drank herself to death yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and, like, Bob had to, like, take care of himself, basically, and mm-hmm. then was recruited by the Psychonauts. I even like, like, Hollis's background is really interesting, too, um, yeah. where she came up with this really great theory. She was a doctor, and then she came up with this amazing theory, and then somebody just took her theory and was like, it's mine now! Yeah. Uh, and then... <laughs>
1: Dr. She, Potts was his Yeah. Name.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then this Dr. Potts, uh... Stole the theory and Hollis said, all right, well, I'll change his mind. And then it made him, uh, insane. Mm-hmm. So the psychonauts had to come in and be like, okay, let's fix this guy's mind. And then we're going to recruit Hollis cause she's, uh, really good.
1: Yeah. She just figured that out. Yeah. How to do that. Yeah.
0: She just like learned how to be psychic mm-hmm. just naturally. And I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And that was, uh, we talked about this off camera and we've been touching on it, mm-hmm. um, this discussion, but yeah, the Hollis level is really what um, I think where like the identity of Psychonauts two like fully emerged, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the whole message of the story behind that level is that Raz tries to change Hollis's mind to be uh, so that the the interns can go on the mission, right? Um, but that drives Hollis crazy to the point where Raz has to go back in her brain and fix what he fucked up, you know? Yeah. And that's it's it's great because in the first game, that's what you do as the player, yeah, you just go into people's brains and change them around basically, mm-hmm. um so this level addresses that in a way that's very that doesn't break the canon of psychonauts and doesn't like ignore the first game, mm-hmm. but it also addresses like you should. It's like a meta statement about like, hey, we weren't as quite as empathetic as we maybe should have been in the first game in mm-hmm. regards to how Raz treated these clinically unwell characters. Yeah. Um, so you're not really supposed to do that as a full-time psychonaut. You're supposed to help people and give them the tools to face their own problems, not just manipulate their brains to as a means to an end. Yeah. Um, Which is basically what you do in the first game. I also like
0: that that also kicks off Raz asking every character, can I enter your mind? Yes, which instead of in the first game, he just goes into their mind.
1: And I think we even talked about that in our discussion. Like he doesn't say, can I? He's like, you are an obstacle and I'm going to jump in your brain and get you out of my way. Uh, So no, definitely it was cool that they address that in a very mature way. And he, he, like, people that he can't necessarily get help with asking them, like, for
0: instance, like, Nick, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Psy Kings, like, when the brain in the jar is in Nick's body, uh, it's like, okay, he asks Nick, and he's kind of just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, the, like, plant tentacle when he goes into Bob's, like, he asks the plant tentacle, because the, plant like opens the door for him and he's like mm. hey like it's almost like the plant is like please help bob because he shouldn't be drinking himself into a stupor while hanging out in this room alone
1: yes even though bob himself is like telling raz to fuck off someone the, in bob's yes. position wouldn't be able to accept the help on his own yes so that's kind of a clever way to write around and also that. when they
0: go into bob's mind like eventually like like raz is very like uh, concerned about him and he's asking him questions and, like, Bob's like, wait, like, I don't want you to, like, leave. And he's like, I'll yeah. be right back. Like, don't yeah. worry about it. And he's like, you know, when he comes back, like, he he's like, you know, you're doing a good job, like, growing these seeds. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at the very end, when, um, when he's fighting this giant, like, plant monster that gets grown out of Bob's, like, own anxieties and fears of the way people think about him, like, Bob eventually, like, comes to the understanding, like, wait, like, helmet his boyfriend, his, his, his husband. husband, yeah, not yeah. boyfriend, uh, his husband is, like, is, like, wait, helmet would never talk like that, like, I'm, mm-hmm. like, he realizes, like, I've internalized these feelings, but th- these aren't true, yeah, you know,
1: absolutely, this is my own doubt, not yeah. their doubt, not their anger towards me or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really, really poignant, yeah, um, especially, like, Bob's level, like, man, um, That might be the best psychonauts level, Bob's level. Like it's it's
0: so. I really love Compton's level, sure. And I love, um, yeah, I love Compton's level, and I love uh, the opening level in
1: Lobato. You know, I think the emotions of Bob's level are maybe the emotional height of the game. But yeah, Compton's level is really fun and also funny. It's really funny. (laughs) And it has a really strong metaphor, too. And Lobato's level is great, too. Um, yeah, that's that's actually really tough now that if I had to rank all the Psychonauts' levels, it wouldn't yeah. be straightforward. But even, like, um, Cassie's level, where I didn't feel like the metaphor was as strong, I really liked the, the look of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Jordan in <laughs> Cassie's level when you get your new power and it's a projection mm-hmm. um, you can create a little construct of Raz of yourself and send it to go do like minor tasks yeah uh, I love that it was voiced by Gurr from Invader Zim oh it is yeah I don't know that actor's name I, I should have probably written it down but it's a little Invader Zim reunion because it's uh, Richard Horvitz as Raz mm-hmm. and then that guy as Gur as your construct and that was I was like oh my god that's perfect (laughs) I didn't even notice that that's such a good voice for the little construct character too Um, and it's
0: the the voice acting in this game is really good I know uh like Kimberly Brooks who voices Ashley in Mass Effect uh voices Hollis oh really yeah and they got like all the same voice actors who were on the um the jet that went off uh to the Rhombus of Ruin at the end of the the first game, they got all those actors
1: actors back. Any actor that played any character that comes back in this game is the same actor, except for Ford Crawler. I think that actor passed away. Really, that's I a think. that's a different actor. I'm pretty sure it's a different actor. I couldn't even tell. Yeah, maybe it's it's I, I wow, I I actually specifically of all the performances in this game, and they're all good. Specifically, the the performance of the actor for Ford Crawler, I was really really impressed with because that character is so silly in the first game at points. And he's such a kind of like non sequitur irrelevant character at times. Um, To see him come into this game and play a much larger role and basically have his character personality change from kind of jokey and fun to this like emotionally damaged um, goal driven secret agent uh, without losing the through line of the character in the performance was really, really impressive.
0: It's not. It's the same actor. I'm done.
1: It's the same actor? Yeah. It's David K. You're projecting death onto people when it's not there. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> but David K. did a great job. Like, damn, dude. Like, when you. Because he comes into the game, Ford Crawler, and he's talking about Bacon, and he's like, I love Bacon. Give me so. And it's like funny. And it's like, oh, it's the same guy. But then yeah, when. He's.
0: He, <laughs> real quick. He, he yeah. played Esherim in in The Eternals movie.
1: Ephraim. Which one's Ephraim?
0: The giant like uh celestial. Really? In the Eternals.
1: Are you serious? Yeah that's Ford Crawler. Fuck that's awesome. <laughs> oh my god that's oh my I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> the Ford Crawler is in the MCU. That's character is like in the Eternals is like right out of a Jack Kirby uh drawing. That's amazing. That movie just went up one percent in the Rotten Tomatoes ra- uh, rating <laughs> for you. In, my, in my brain. You yeah, know? but uh, but yeah, Ford' Crowley's is great. <laughs> Should have got an Oscar for that movie. I uh, know, but yeah, dude, when you can when you uh, fix Ford's brain, and uh, he's like revealing slowly to Raz like what he did, it still is the same character, but his tone's just totally different. Yeah, like you take this goofy sandwich guy and turn him into, like, a gravedigger who's like, yeah, I fucking brainwashed your whole family. And it's still, like, it still feels like Ford. It's And it's crazy. still ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's 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 weird. Like, you're, uh, and
0: you don't know what's happening in this level that you're, like, falling down this, like, weird, like, grave to find out, like, oh, here's my my grandparents', like, dead bodies. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and Ford Cruller's, like, diving into, like, Barber shop like liquid and stuff, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is weird, but like
1: still funny and like really dark though. It's in character for Ford. It's like if Ford was gonna tell me that my grandparents were dead and he brainwashed my grandma to raise my father, who he also brainwashed. <laughs> this is how he would do it. You know, yeah. That's,
0: that's what I what I get. I was gonna ask about the about the Ford levels. Like, what did you think about them? Because we haven't really touched on them. I, I, uh, the only one I I don't really love well no i i i love the male one the male one is great definitely the best for it it, it's so good yeah Uh, and i think like the the there's there's three different fords because they've all like been scattered around these areas and you have to like get the your friends like uh, or get the psychic six or seven or whatever uh like compton and 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 helmet to help you put Ford back together right uh and uh, or to access for so that you can go in and, and put them back together um, and there's one in the barbershop one in the mailroom and one in the uh, where the bowling alley mm-hmm. and the the one in the Barbershop, I wasn't really a big fan of because I guess think... I just thought it was kind of like short and it was like I, I think it does a good job of like telling you the story of what happened mm-hmm. to Maligula um but I just was like, eh, it's not, like, that much fun to play. Yeah. It's not as, like, ridiculous as, like, the mail room where there's this giant Ford head. There's a giant Ford head in all the levels. But this, the Ford head in the mail room, it's, like, in the center area, there's all these mail, uh, these, all these mail, sorry. Envelopes? All these envelopes <laughs> floating around. Uh, and you're jumping on envelopes and jumping on, like, stamps and typewriters and stuff. And you're like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the barbershop one is, like, you're kind of just, like, going around these hair areas. Like, hairy, like, literal. Like, there's all this hair on the ground.
1: Yeah, everything's made of hair or encompassed yeah, by hair. Yeah,
0: and you're, like, using like, different uh, ways of getting rid of, like, lice to um, to get around certain areas like they are the obstacle that you
1: have to get past
0: Mm -hmm. um and i thought the that was clever where like you know they eventually tell you you know why are you trying to kill these lice you know it's the they're the uh protesters in grelovia i thought that was really clever and a clever reveal too
1: absolutely you know i uh yeah when when ford was like how could you do that there's innocent protesters that's you had already killed like two rounds of, of little yeah. uh, mites and lice, so it was... But I didn't think it was that fun of a level to play. It no, that, it definitely felt like the hook of the level was that reveal. It did, like, at least in the bowling level, they had the gimmick of, like, the walking... <laughs> you play room. monkey ball? Yeah, you play monkey ball, basically. And then in the um, uh, mailroom level, like you said, the platforming meshes so well with, like, the presentation that it's, yeah. it, like, really syncs up well. Um, I, I think the barbershop level was going for more of, of a of a tone than it was yeah. for like a fun level, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe you could one could argue thematically that level's not supposed to be fun because it's the sad level where mm-hmm. you learn about Ford coping with Maligula becoming evil.
0: I don't know, the mailroom Room was also sad because he's like I wish I had mailed this letter because maybe if I would have mailed this letter and told her to come back, I love you. Yeah, like then she would have come back.
1: That's really that was and really I was sad. like oh, and I, I
0: like I like that story in that level as well. And mm-hmm. like the the Strike City one is kind of like this is like no duh. Like at that point, I felt like the Strike City one felt like oh, we needed this third level because there needs to be like rule of threes, and it was like. Yeah. Yeah, I already know they were in love. <laughs> yeah,
1: basically. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't dislike the Strike City level, but I don't know, like, it's it's not super fun in action platformers to have your controls, like, <laughs> change to something, like, not that fun. Like, I, they did what they could with the bowling ball stuff in that level, but it's like, can I just play like psych- I don't want to do this like ball stuff? Can yeah. I just run around and play Psychonauts, please? Take that
0: out of context, please. I don't want do to <laughs> do this ball stuff. I want to do this ball stuff. Ryan Squid, twenty twenty four.
1: But it it reminded me of fucking um Mario Galaxy. When you hold the Wiimote yeah. upright and you have to balance, yeah, like this fucking level sucks. It's like why? Why do you think I want to do this? <laughs> did, I mean, did you see in the documentary
0: that like one of the devs is like, oh, you are playing the, like the bad level?" <laughs> and he's like, "And they're like, wait
1: a minute, like you can't say that." <laughs> the bowling ball level. Oh, that's. It's true. I mean, I I don't want to knock it because, like I said, it's not bad. No, I, I it's a, I got to it and I was like, "We're doing this." Like we're still doing this. Like <laughs> yeah. really. Just I want I, the game is fine. You don't need to change the control scheme to have me do something. It, it's like okay for this part, you have to hold the controller upside down, and uh, the screen is gonna <laughs> shake every time you jump. It's like I, why would I want that?
0: It's fine. It's short. All the crawler levels are really
1: short. Yeah, that, nice. I did like that. Yeah, it's like three mini, four mini levels instead of one big yeah. level.
0: and then um, I think the only ones that we, uh, the only one that we haven't really talked about, uh, is like Psy Kings.
1: Oh yeah, you mean the best level in the game?
0: Jack Black. You Speaking mean... of voices, yeah, there's like two big voices in the game. Uh, it's like a reunion for Broken Age because Jack Black and Elijah Wood, who were both in Broken Age, come back for this game. Yep. Jack Black has a song.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good song. Yeah, it's catchy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if they gave Jack Black that level because they thought it was going to be like the best level in the game or if it was they just... They knew a, they
0: were going to... I remember early on in the documentary, like Zach talks about, he's like, there's going to be a song and I think we're going to have Jack
1: come back. Oh, yeah, that's true.
0: So the, the, it was like, oh, okay. like yeah. They knew they were going to get Jack Black if they could get him. He yeah. wasn't busy. It would,
1: be, And if you, have, if you look at the characters they had already come up with for Psychonauts 2 and you want Jack Black to play like a key character, Helmet is probably the person that you would want. Yeah. To, just looking at the design <laughs> of the character... But honestly, I will say this: for some reason, I, I I saw an image of Compton Bull before I played this game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and for some reason, I, I had it in my head. I didn't like know this. No one told me this, but I just thought, like, I bet Jack Black plays that character.
0: <laughs> no, he's the Viking.
1: Yeah, he's the the rock and roll Viking.
0: I mean, yeah. but it's funny you mentioned this uh, in the game, uh, Psy king uh, helmet full bearer is, like, the one Psychonaut that's, like, not around anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, other than uh, Maligula, Lucretia, Nona. It's all the same person. <laughs> um, she's also in the Psychonauts, but, you know, she she left. Um, Helmet Fullbearer was, like, in the battle with Maligula. He ended up, like, falling into, like, some lake or water or whatever where they were fighting her. Um, and then... They weren't able to give it, get him out they were only able to get his brain out mm. um, and then they kind of just like forgot about him and like his brain got put in this in this giant uh, like brain organization thing where Automentalis does all the experiments.
1: the main brain or the, the brain frame yeah. Yeah.
0: Where the Kickstarter backers are. <laughs> or yeah. Th- or fig backers. Right?
1: I, s- I saw that too. Yeah. I was, oh, these are all the, like, thousand yeah. people who funded this game. or whatever. Yes. It was a huge list of brains. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going through every single fucking one of these. Yeah, well,
0: they say, like, here are the oddity brains. And they're like, yeah. here's some Easter eggs. Here's the uh, Abby Normal from from, uh, from Real Frank's Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. I was so. like, ah, this is a good one. And he's like, this is the only good brain. And, and it turns out to be helmets. Yeah. And, um, and that was cool. Because uh, then you put it into his brain and you said it's funny he, or you put his brain inside Nick from the mailroom mm-hmm. early on Raz gets assigned a mentor and his mentor is Nick from the mailroom and he's like Nick from the mailroom oh man like <laughs> I want to learn under somebody cool like Adam Metallis yeah. Uh and it turns out uh, that like that's perfect for him because Nick's brain is gone mm-hmm. so he puts helmets brain in nick and nick is voiced by elijah wood so you were saying it's really funny that jack black's character is voiced by elijah wood at certain moments
1: yeah it's it's the two most uh household name voices in the game are playing the same character at certain times which is very weird and
0: it's also like really nice for them because like in the doc they take a long time to record everybody's lines like at the very end they're still recording like Elijah's lines, whereas like Jack Black, they probably had like one or two recording sessions. They were like, "We were we're done." Like, we're, yeah, and so they were able to be like, "Okay, like because Nick, because the body's in Nick, we can just have Elijah do <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah, that's a nice little placeholder for like we can't have Jack indefinitely, yeah. so we'll we'll give his lines to someone else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was and and you know it was uh, a really it was a good use of Jack Black. Like he's present throughout. A good chunk of the game.
0: He's quipping, he's making funny stuff. He's like, is it a subway or, or a or boat? A fish? A fish yeah. You know, like, that's this is funny.
1: Yeah, no, actually, yeah, you said it earlier, it's the only level where you have, like, a Navi kind of character following mm-hmm. you around, commentating on things. Um, and it, of all the characters, it might as well be Jack Black. Yeah. It's it's funny that the um, arc of Psy King is definitely, like, the biggest arc i I, not not the most important and you know not the best depends on on the player's preference but you start with a brain in a jar so when raz goes into that mind it's like totally blank and then you end with a like super colorful musical number yeah so it's it's definitely like the most extreme like uh Escalation of a level in yeah. the entire game, I, I would say.
0: And I like his like realization, like the the cutscenes being like silhouettes of yeah. him like falling into the water yeah. and like battling and stuff. And it's all like starry because you know probably they fought at like night or whatever. And yeah, that was cool.
1: No, I that and that's the only moment like that in the game too, except for maybe like Ford's levels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like you're bringing this guy back from the dead, basically, and reliving the event that killed him yeah um so it was really interesting to see that you have this like hall of memories that you're kind of walking through yeah um so yeah i don't know why that was the level that they pulled out all the stops for not to say the other levels are bad but this one just felt like much more expanded and much like beefier than the other levels so what did you think of the reveal with Nick from the mailroom? Uh, can you explain? Yeah, dude. Well, can we talk? There's two reveals in the game. Yeah. The first reveal is that your grandma is the bad guy, but she doesn't know she's the bad guy. Yeah. She's like a brainwashed reform bad guy. Um, and that one I kind of saw coming.
0: <laughs> I didn't when I played the game. I was like, I don't know what's going on. There's like, at the very beginning, you find like... Uh, you find a hotel room, there's, like, stuff behind a curtain in a in a hotel room in this, like, casino, and you're like, oh, man, like, they're gonna resurrect Maligula. Like, what's happening in, in this hotel room? And they're like, uh, is Lily, like, the one that's trying to, like, resurrect Mal- Maligula? Mm-hmm. Lily's your girlfriend from the first game. And she returns in this one. And uh it was like, oh, like, okay, I don't know what's going on. And then... Uh, you're trying to find like a mole in the psychonauts and people suspect it's like Raz people think it's it's mm-hmm. a lily like you know you don't know who it is like Truman Sonato is like uh, like he's kind of pretending to be unconscious yeah so he's like I need you to wake up Ford. like put it together and Raz is like a kid so he's like
1: okay mr. Grand head of the psychonauts yeah he's very easily manipulated yeah. which is funny yeah um, so that's that's that reveal uh, and later in the game, when you go into Truman's and out of brain, because Truman's and daughter is Lily, who is Raz's like pseudo girlfriend, love interest character. They are
0: boyfriend and girlfriend. Cannon. There's that
1: moment at the end where she's like, "That's my boyfriend, yeah. hands off of him." You're That's like, "Oh," <laughs> because <laughs> Raz was nervous about it the whole game. He's
0: like, "I like the dialogue choices where you can as say like." About that time we held hands or kissed or whatever, and it's always just like, "So uh we need to talk," and she's like, "Not now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. and like in a in like a uh, Mass Effect, it would be like, "Can we talk about that time that we like held hands yeah. or smooched once?" And like you would have this entire like conversation, like in this, it's just like, "Uh, can we talk about that cool uh thing over there that yeah. I'm seeing?" <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's fun.
1: Funny. No, I like. There's a couple of misdirects with dialogue where you. Tr- pick what you think Raz is going to say, but then it is something completely different and yeah. he gets cut off or something. Uh, so it's fun. Um, but yeah, Lily is Truman's and Anna's daughter and she's like, my dad is acting weird. Let's go inside his brain. And you go inside his brain and it's not his brain. It's someone else's brain. <laughs> Jordan just made a soy face. And, uh, it's a really fun reveal. Um, because at me as the player, I'm thinking, the big twist already happened yeah. that Maligula is my grandma. Okay. And I kind of suspected that Truman Zanotto was the mole because it's like Reservoir Dogs. Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? No. Okay. But I won't give anything away. But it's it's like, of course, the, the head of the Psychonauts, the last person you suspect is the person who ran it. It's always the head of the whatever. Yeah. It's the person in charge. And he was on a, uh, he just got fucked with by the bad guy, right? Like at the Rhombus of Ruins. So you're like, something's up. Um, So I was disappointed when it was revealed that, or like when Truman an shows up and he's like, let's make sure Maligula is okay or whatever. And it's like, "Ah," like, of course he's the bad guy. Yeah. Then you go in his brain and it's not him. It's someone else's brain. Yeah. That, and that's like, uh, was not, I was not expecting that at all. And that was really exciting because I was like, oh shit, who is controlling him? And it's Nick from the mailroom. It's the guy who is supposed to be Raz's mentor, who basically, like, you did not have not met the actual character, Nick, from the mailroom. You've just seen his body. Um, So that reveal uh, was great. And it turns out he's not Nick from the mailroom. He's a Grulovian... Royal Grulovia is the country that is Gristle Malik. Yes, I was getting to that <laughs> He's <laughs> Gristle Malik. and uh, is a great name too. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of great names in these games mm-hmm. I don't know how how they're uh, Truman Zanato. Yeah, Helmet Full Bear. How Fulbear. Yeah, or Compton. How do you think of Compton? Compton buh
0: Cassiopeia and she's uh, Cassie and then like Opia. Yeah Like, apostrophe. <laughs> like it's
1: her last name. Yeah um, but yeah, it's it's Nick from the mailroom who is actually uh, crystal, who is actually uh, a dethroned royal from Gr- Grulovia. So yeah. his evil plan is to infiltrate the Psychonauts, find Maligula, bring her back to life, use her to reclaim to destroy the Psychonauts and reclaim his place as the leader of Grulovia.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, he has Peter Pan syndrome, basically, mm. where he's. That's what people have said. Like, young forever? Yeah, like, he he doesn't want to grow up. I get, yeah, he's immature. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, I see what He you're he, uh, Him and his family got displaced um, after the war. Maligula got taken away, so, like, they didn't have their, like, way to put people in line.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And then they wound up going to the casino level at, like, the beginning of the game. And uh, he was just hanging out in the casino, like getting room service and stuff for like 20
1: years. Yeah. And because he's such a spoiled Brad, cause he grew up as the son of a king and a queen. He was like, he, he's like, I, I live in squalor. I'm so. Yeah. He's eating weird. caviar every day. Yeah. He has a great life and plenty of opportunities, but he's fixated on getting revenge on the psychonauts. He's got a, a gut. Like he's yeah. not, he's fat, you know, but it's so funny. Like I
0: love the irony because uh, it said that, like, everybody loves Nick from the Malone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he made it his life mission to go and, and stop the Psychonauts. But he went to the Psychonauts and
1: became a model employee. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that joke <laughs> at, at the beginning of the game because he shows up without a brain, right? Because uh-huh. that's part of his evil plan. But Nick's body shows up. And everyone's like, "No, not Nick! Like <laughs> he's so good at sorting mail. It's just such a funny joke." And then he's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to do work." Yeah, and it's like you've been doing work for the past twenty years. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's great. And then I, I love his level too. Um, first, I'm a big fan of in Psychonauts when the the story's told through the gameplay. Yeah. So that uh, initial Truman Zanotto revealed to be Nick level. You break down that like statue of Truman Zanotto to reveal the statue of Nick. Uh-huh. That was great. I loved yeah. that. Um, because he's been pretending to be someone else, so of course that would be, yeah, his facade. And then when you get to his actual level, it's like it's a small world, uh, in his brain like yeah. the Disney ride, it's a small world basically is what his brain is all his memories and um, how he sees himself, um, and this like cutesy little Grulovian song or song about how Grulovian is amazing or whatever. I love how
0: he sings his plan and I love how he's like this the, this idiot like Raz oh, he's a puppet. Yeah. Like,
1: it's, it's really funny. Or like when he's talking about Ford there's like a narrator on the ride talking yeah. and he's like Ford the fraud crawler was yeah. brain dead at a summer camp when uh, <laughs> Crystal found it's him. It's really funny he's like he went to uh,
0: the Whispering Rock summer camp at the beginning of like Psychonauts 1 and he, he was like, "Oh, like I'm gonna go here." And then when he found Ford, he was just like, he was so distraught mm-hmm. from his horrible <laughs> action, re- his regret
1: of dethroning
0: <laughs> He's like this husk of a man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no, it's because he's just he broke his own brain on purpose because he couldn't live with the guilt. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So it's fun, and it's uh, it, it had a a lot of interesting stuff in that level, like um, the part where you get a caviar egg and you have to walk it through that little obstacle course. Um, I thought you didn't like monkey ball. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just saying like... I mean, it's not a perfect circle, which is fun. Yeah. I don't know.
0: That must have been a bitch to program because Absolutely. you're using an oval instead of a f- complete circle.
1: You have to put faith in the player that they'll yeah. be able to make that work. Um, But yeah, I, I, like it's... That is fun because it throws me into it and there was there was some more stakes there. It's like, I need this to progress in the Ford level, it was like, okay, we're doing a bowling ball thing. Okay. You know, <laughs> we're doing a monkey ball. God yeah, damn it. Basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked the Gristol uh, level a lot. And uh, even, like, seeing the the whole spiel of how he hired Lobato to swap his brain with Truman Zanotto. And then there's a little... Part where uh, they show Camp Whispering Rock and there's some figments of the campers from the first game. It's like, oh, look at that! I remember the That's first nostalgic, game. nostalgic, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cute. So um, yeah, I I thought his whole reveal in his level was really fun. Yeah, what do you think of like the the fights in like, this game,
0: like the, the boss either fights? the boss fights or just the combat in general? Because I I think that that stuff is not very strong. If, I... if there's any like big. Uh, Like thing that I don't like about
1: the game. It's that I think the combat of Psychonauts 2 you get out of it What you put into it, I think it's a bold statement. I mean, you know Maybe I have a lower threshold for satisfaction from like platformers because I I really like platformers Um,
0: I feel like a jerk saying this but I felt like um I felt like what Zack said uh, for anybody who didn't watch the documentary there was a uh, had a lead on the project Zach uh, can't remember his last name uh, he left the project in like 2019 I don't know if he got fired or if he just left on amicable terms because in the documentary uh, it's one of the best parts of it where there's this really long episode everybody's really stressed and there's obvious, strife between the uh between the devs who are working on it and zach zach comes from a different studio where they have a different idea of how you know they develop the games uh versus at double fine how they develop games uh and 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 in the episode uh it just ends with like hey we can't film this meeting but you guys should come in this meeting and then it just texts this place on screen It's like in this meeting, they're informed that Zach has left the project. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. And you, the credits is everybody walking out of a meeting and everybody's like, like there are people who are smiling. People are like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Like, blah, blah, blah. Oh. Like, um, and you can tell that people didn't like him very well. Um, but at one point in the documentary, he says like, we are making an action like platformer and people were kind of like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm like, I mean, you are. Sure, you're making like a 3D action platformer, like there is combat, and I understand the pushback from the devs being like story first, and true, like the story is the most important thing. I think to to psychonauts, and, like the level design and whatnot, but like I don't think the combat is very good, and uh, I really wish that it was like much much better. There are better ideas in this game. Yeah, I, I think like the boss battles are better. But it's they're not much
1: better. Yeah, the boss battles agreed better, not much better. The boss battles didn't ever really wow me. No, I think the the visuals and the concepts wow wowed me more than playing them. Yeah, I think definitely agree that the combat is better in this game. Um, the the number one thing that I noticed right away that was a really good choice was they removed and. Uh, ammunition limit on your side blast. So your primary projectile in the first game, you had to pick up ammo for it. And this one, they just removed it. Um, That was really smart. Such a small change, but made such a big difference. Um, And, uh, yeah, I I mean, I had fun cycling between the different psychic abilities Mm. Um, during combat. The game is very... Uh, kind of like... uh, The the combat is not presented in any kind of like clever workaround way. Um, When you play something like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance with um, Raiden... (laughs) You ever played that game. No, but I've I've watched a lot of games. Actually, I I have played it for a small amount like seven years ago. But like in that game, I I haven't played it to completion. Um, You the The whole game is built around how you want to slash your sword, right mm-hmm. so everything you do is in service of that in Psychonauts it's not built around how you do combat like you said, the meat and potatoes of the game is the presentation more or less yeah um so the the combat's just like. You could easily just button mash your way through it if you wanted to. You could easily spam attack your way through it if you wanted to. Um, but the game gives you a lot of options for how you want to approach the combat. The problem is none of them are particularly engaging, and none of them are particularly like better or worse. You know, like I don't know about you, but uh, most of the time for me, I had two or three. Um, combat strategies that I would just do yeah. ad nauseum until I was done with the combat section.
0: It would depend for me. Um, first of all, I I just think that I had what was it? I had the same four power or same three powers mapped to buttons pretty much the entire time until I I needed to change it. Mm-hmm. Like there, uh, like I would ha- always have L two would be uh, my levitate. Uh R one would be my Psyblast, and R2 was Telkinesis. That is and then I would use L one as the thing to switch around.
1: That is exactly what I did. Yeah.
0: And I feel like they didn't want you necessarily to do that, but Levitation is is such a good traversal power. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to switch it because if I'm in combat, if I need to get away fast, I'm not gonna use the dodge button.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna
0: use my levitation to jump on a ball and, and zip around the arena. Mm-hmm. Um and Cyblast and your like Kung Fu like X button like punch and kick are your like kind of like main ways of attacking people. And I felt like there could have been a better way to make the combat feel more like a puzzle game because there are puzzle elements to the game. It's more of a platformer, mm. but I felt like there are there times where the combat did sing for me. For instance, like they're I can't remember what they're called. They're introduced in like the bottles They're like the, the purple guys um, that are like sludgy.
1: Oh yeah. Not like, not regret. Regrets are flying ones. Yeah
0: doesn't matter yeah Uh, the the sludgy enemies they can be one-shotted with fire so (laughs) if you set them on fire uh, they will start to go on fire and then they'll like dissipate eventually into like piles of goo and you have to like melt the goo with the the fire again otherwise it'll like make you not be able to jump and slow you down Mm -hmm. Um, and the regrets you can side blast them out of the air and that will kill them instantly. You can also use telekinesis to pick up their weight. Uh, and then throw it at them. That will kill them instantly. Right. Um, and the there's, like, these rabbit, like, things with, like, batteries on their back. And they will, like... And kind of like suck the battery into themselves, and then shoot the battery out of their mouth. They're
1: they're bad ideas. Bad ideas. And it's a light bulb, like a, yeah. a light bulb to signify an idea, but it blows up because yeah. it's a bad idea. Yeah. yeah,
0: and the the light bulb will either hit you, or it will go into the arena and like plant itself into the ground like a mine. Mm-hmm. So if you don't uh, get rid of the light bulb by picking up with telekinesis, you'll run into the mine area and then it'll blow up. But you can throw the the light bulb as it's flying towards you with telekinesis and catch it and throw it back and it kills them instantly otherwise if you use like side blasts or you're punching and kicking or other abilities uh they'll take longer to beat so Mm -hmm. i actually think that the game is better when they have these kind of puzzly elements and they do that with like the the bad mood as well where you have to use the clairvoyance and look at the enemy uh with clairvoyance it shows, like, in first person, the bad mood, like, sh- looking at you, and then uh, you have to find the source of the the bad mood, uh, and then punch and, like, kick it, and mm-hmm. get rid of it. And again, that's, like, another way of, like, puzzle. Yeah. Way to figure out how to beat it.
1: You have to do a certain yes. power to defeat the enemy, yeah. And
0: I, I felt like the game's combat was the best when it was doing that, and then when it would have, like the judge enemy, which has, like, a giant gavel and will, will, like, try to hit you with this gavel, and then you, like, pick up the gavel and you throw it at him. It doesn't insta-kill him. It's, it just, like, it it just makes him get hurt a bunch, and then he'll, like, throw books at you and attack yeah. you a bunch, and it's like, eh, like, I, like I, the combat isn't fun. Like, I feel like I'm brute-forcing this, which is not necessarily the way that I want to play it, or, you know, whereas I think, like, the ways that it is uh, giving you these puzzly elements, even with, like, the the panic attack, mm. where you have to use, like, the time slowdown ability right. to make it go really slow. Um, you still just have to wail on the panic attack, and it's like, that's not fun. Like, I, yeah. I just want to, like, I just want to get this combat over with and then go on to the next platformy bits because that's more fun.
1: Well, and even with... Even though they try to mix it up with different enemies... It's just, like, the enemy signifies what power you have to use. Like, you yeah. you pretty much have to use the time manipulation, the time bubble on the panic attacks. You have to use the fire on the sludge guys. You know, you have to use telekinesis on the bad ideas. Like, you don't have to, but that's pretty much what you need to do to defeat. Like, that's the, the quickest way to do it. So, instead of um, becoming this... uh combat system with like varied approaches which i think they were trying to do it ends up becoming a combat system of like categorization and prioritization of like okay time bubble that enemy whale on it okay fire that guy okay back to time bubble whale on that it's it's not like a circular flow it's like a bunch of lanes that you have to move in between and you you brought up metal gear solid and i
0: actually think what they could have made it better is if they made it more like Arkham, the Arkham games where, mm. you know, an enemy has a shield and you have to use your cape to, to, uh, uh, get rid of the shield and then jump on top of them. And, sure. uh, the enemies have stun batons and you have to jump over them. And then mm-hmm. like later on throughout the Arkham series, you know, they have, uh, enemies with stun batons and you can use like your electric, like the electric, like shooting thingy that, like stuns enemies you have to use that and like you can use like the bat claw on mm-hmm. uh on people who have guns to take away their guns and then like as you build up your combo meter you get like different like insta-kill like okay like now batman will uh punch this guy out now he'll take away the gun from the guy and now nobody in the arena can pick up that gun after that. that yeah. is defeated and it kind of like that combat system flows really well and they Mm -hmm. call it like free flow combat you know um and the later like challenge levels in that franchise are all about like not breaking your combat flow and being like in the in the state of like i see a counter i'm going to hit the counter okay now i I know i'm going to go after this enemy and i'm going to use like the cape ultra stun on him on this big enemy to to wail on him i'm going to use the beat down on on this big enemy, you know, you eventually get to the point where you're like, I know how to beat all these enemies using the logic of what item or what build they are. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. I and have... I felt like that would have been a nicer way to, to do this comment. I think they're almost there. They, yeah. they had like a, a nice little inkling of it but they're not quite there and if they ever do another Psychonauts which <laughs> I think after this game they're like we don't want another do it, another Psychonauts for 50 <laughs> billion years because this took way too long um, I, I would like to see them do something more like that where they have like different uh, different ways of combating enemies using your abilities because there's a
1: lot of them in there. Uh, yeah clearly the dev team I think was trying to make combat as varied as possible. So it wasn't monotonous. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's like eight different kinds of enemies in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really agree with you where if they put, if the development team had the freedom and the space to put as much time and thought into the combat as they did for like the platforming portions of levels, I think they would get a really good combat system going. Um, I think this game everything is too um offensively minded in a way in, in regards to the combat where you always have to like attack and it's pretty much like like you said, you don't use the dodge in combat really. Um it's like attack, if you get overwhelmed, levitate away, and then slowly move back into attack more.
0: Um and even stuff like the um the power, what's the one that uh uh that gets you Two different ideas. The oh, um, mental connection. Mental connection that in combat is used to like pull you toward enemies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really want that. I literally never used it. I used it, I think, because I got all the achievements in this back in the day, and I used it because you have to get all of the pins. Mm. Um, and I was like, let me try them out because I'm using these mental connection pins. Like mm-hmm. wh- what? It, what does this do for me? And yeah, it's not very good.
1: No, I, I I never thought, like, there's not an instance when I would need to rush close to an enemy. Like, yeah. maybe in the time bubble panic attack enemies, if I want to go in really close and wail on them that much quicker. But I, I it, the first time I did it, I was like, that doesn't really seem useful. Um, it's not. I think the most interesting enemy to me was the enabler because it was passive. So, it would...
0: I hate the enabler. <laughs> I I thought it was, like, the worst design enemy in the game. Really? Yeah, I think it takes too many hits, and I think it becomes too much of a focus. No, I... But I like that, though. Like,
1: I'm fighting... I, oh, my God. No, dude, I'm, i hated it. I'm fighting... Go on, but
0: I, I, I'm just curious <laughs> what you mean. Sorry. Yeah,
1: no, no. I... Well, so, like, you have this variety of enemies. You're fighting a judge, and a panic attack, and a uh, bunch of sensors and some bad ideas. And then an enabler comes in and makes the judge invulnerable. Mm-hmm. So my method of thinking without the enabler is, okay, I will take out the judge or I will immobilize the judge with fire. And then, cause that's the big powerful enemy. And then I'll take out the smaller guys. Right. But if there's an enabler in play, I can't take out the powerful enemy first. I have to go to the enabler and take them out first, which, uh, they're far away. They take a lot of hits and they're annoying to deal with. So it's kind of like I have to clear a path to them. By taking out some of the smaller weaker enemies first. So I have enough breathing room to take out the enablers. So I think having a combatant that is passive. Having a combatant that is passive. Affecting the people that I'm trying to fight. Like boosting them. Instead of just attacking me. Was different. Like it's it's a different way of um, thinking about the combat. Like I, I agree that. The enablers were like annoying to deal with, but I think in a good way. I think um, the only enemy that did something other than just attack you was the enabler. And so I, I think that's the kind of dynamic they need to bring more to the combat. To So it's not just like, what power do I need to use to take out what enemy? It's thinking like, how do I want to approach this combat situation instead of just like, okay... Fire, fire those guys. Okay, slow motion, slow motion that guy. Okay, uh, attack this guy real quick. Okay, levitate away. I I, I like the enemies that... Because what the enabler did to me was it made it less clear what I was supposed to do, which I think is good. I think that's what you want with this combat system.
0: I just feel like when I was playing it, like whenever an enabler would come on screen, I would then have to deal with that guy. And I would always feel like if I'm playing a game like this where I have a lot of uh, abilities that are kind of like AOE, like uh, if it's kind of difficult to focus on which enemy I need to hit, I feel like the lock-on that they give you is not something like Dark Souls where I can like the lock-on use the kind of like Zooms the camera out. It's like, okay, like, you're fighting this guy. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the thing with Dark Souls that it does is, like, the better way that you fight, it, or the biggest, like, learning curve to Dark Souls is learning, like, when I have to get rid of the lock-on, like, un- undo it, and, like, move my camera around to navigate around the arena to fight these enemies. Mm-hmm. And, like, in this, I never had the lock on because it was too focused on an enemy yeah uh and i felt like there was too much too many things going on in the arena for me to want to fight enemies like one-on-one i would always be like okay i need to concentrate on this enemy now i need to concentrate on this enemy and like uh there's so much shit going on that I, i was just like i need to be able to dodge and i need to be able to like shoot at everybody. I need to be able to affect everyone. Like, I would usually focus on the smaller enemies first, and then I would focus on the bigger enemies, like a judge, like a bad mood or whatever. And I I felt like, you know, oh, if a smaller enemy got invulnerable, well, that Mm. throws my whole game plan out of whack, because now I have to focus on this enabler, and uh, I can't go and, and attack whatever this enemy is. So it, it's, I didn't think it was very good because you, you're saying like, oh, they don't attack you. Yeah, they don't attack you unless you get close to them and you start wailing on them. Yeah. So sure. I, uh, I was like, I don't want to deal with this enemy that is like pushing me out of the way. It's like zipping all around the arena, like being like, oh, get away from me. I was like, I just want to be able to hit the enemy that I want to hit. And they take too many hits. Like... I really did feel like the uh, the enemies in this game took too many hits, especially with, like, side Blast. And one of the things that they did in the game, too, was they, uh, they took away, like, Chain Blast. In the first game, you got Chain Blast as you leveled up uh, your psychic level. Uh, and then in this game, they make the Chain Blast a pin, and I was like, uh, I don't want to have to equip these, this pin on, I want it to just be uh, an ability. I felt like the pins in the game would have been better if they would have just been like, hey, like now, I think one of them was like mental connection, like, you know, you go to a mental connection and it will restore your health, you know, or like it might, uh, or uh I think one of them like made it so that like titanium will drop out of like a mental connect- I don't remember mm-hmm. what the specifics were, but you know the point of the pens was like they're kind of like supposed to m- change up the combat a little bit, or there are ones that are passive that will be like you know uh titanium drops uh produce more titanium, yeah, and I wanted to have specific ones. Equipped and I could only have three at a time and I was like, I want these to all be like powers so that it felt like I'm progressing as Raz in this game. Otherwise, it feels like well, I'm not really getting like the New abilities for these powers. They do give you like level ups on the uh, On the powers, but I never felt like any of them really did anything substantial.
1: I thought the level ups, like the badges did did have some some substantial improvements. You can get a levitation um badge level up where your levitation ball will or was that a pin where which you... <laughs> this is what I'm talking about like why do you have two different level ups? I, I think the badges was like general boosts, and the pins were like a little bit extra, more passive stuff. I don't remember if it was a pin or a badge where. Your levitation ball would do damage as you rolled around. I think it was
0: a, I, th- I think it was just a level up on the badge. I think it the, was with the like extra credit points or whatever.
1: Yeah, but that that's I mean that's an improvement to the uh, uh, levitation uh, power and in addition to I didn't that... use it. Like I
0: never used levitation for
1: combat. I never ran <laughs> into enemies because I was like, what? Why would I
0: do that? Why would I want to get close to enemies when it doesn't? Do a lot of damage sure. to them. No, I, he, I I would constantly like just be using side blast on them or like setting people on fire.
1: Yeah, know? I think the the sign of uh, weak design, maybe weak design is too harsh, but you sign, can call a weak design. It's fine. A sign of design that is not affecting the player as intended is when the player is not using all the tools at their disposal yeah. and they're just defaulting to. The, the the brute force method that works the yeah. most. Um, that's, what I, that's why I kind of said I think this combat is you get out of it what you put into it because for me personally, I had fun, um, especially towards the end of the game when there's big waves of enemies coming at you. What I thought was fun was pulling out pyrokinesis when I see a big sensor coming at me, lighting him on fire, and he's dealt with for a second. Then I pull the judge's hammer off, And Then I throw that at one of the other sensors coming at me And then by that point the big sensor is not on fire anymore So he's walking at me so I can set him on fire again, and then I can time blip the uh, Panic attack and attack that for a second and then circle back to the judge like I thought it was fun to manage my powers to uh, Take out enemies later in the game, but I was choosing to do that. I was actively like I want to do this and then this and this. I don't want to just brute force my way through this. So I think having the player have to make that decision for themselves to play the game as intended instead of going with um, lowest common denominator options just to get through the combat, I think is a sign of some gaps in the combat design.
0: I think one of the problems with it is probably menuing. The fact that I have to go in and and change my powers in the middle of combat. If they... You know, you take a look at the Arkham games. All of them are on on combination hot keys, basically. And, uh, like, Control, what we played, all the powers are mapped to buttons. You only get, like, what, four or five (laughs) powers? But it's like, hey, like, if you want to levitate, just hold the jump button. Mm -hmm. If you want to throw telekinesis, just hold the telekinesis button, you know? And you can use a lot of the powers in that game and just, like, shift back and forth because they're all right there on your buttons for you.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a folly of an action game and a platformer coming together is the buttons have to be designated for platforming because that's what you're going to be doing for most of the game. So if you want to have expansive combat, you have to have this swap mechanic where you can map different attacks to different buttons and different powers to different buttons. Um,
0: But Ryan control has a pretty good platforming
1: for a 3d game. That's true. Ah. uh, pretty good platforming for a third-person shooter, yeah. I would s-
0: control. I'm remembering your your
1: your hate of the final part of that game, and being, being like, "I'm having a good time." Well, I mean, the <laughs> the platforming and control is like, I'm gonna go up, and then I'm gonna hover, and then I'm gonna go down. You know, yeah, but like, I, I it's not like super
0: complicated, but like I don't feel like the platforming in, in this game is super complicated either. It's just, am I, if I'm in the middle of combat, I need to be like, I need to. Run over to this area, I can like produce a shield, and then like over here, like I need to get up to this platform because I can see that there's cover over there. I'm just gonna go up there. Whereas, like in Psychonauts, it's just like a big flat arena where it's like, go, like just fight in this. I mean,
1: maybe, but in Psychonauts, the platforming is so. If you were getting attacked while you were trying to platform in Psychonauts, oh, yeah, it would would be be horrible. Like, I'm
0: not saying like that should be what they did, but it, it just. I feel like maybe if they had less powers, maybe maybe it would be better uh, suited. Or maybe the game would be able to have its gameplay. Maybe the game would be able to make its combat better if they had less powers. Well, the problem
1: with with having a lot of powers is you have to design combat so that the player can use any combination of powers to get through it. So the more powers that you have... The more open-ended and broad combat has to be. You can't design an entire combat system around the pyrokinesis ability because maybe the player doesn't want to use the pyrokinesis ability. You know, like even
0: well, that even like in in their amnesia Fortnite video where they they talk about that game that they designed where like you're getting you're losing the powers. They have to make every level, yeah, uh, completable without the powers. Uh, and, right. And like this game, it feels like because you get like pyrokinesis right away, like why didn't they design an entire combat with pyrokinesis? And they do do that with enemies. That's Mm -hmm. more of what I I think would have worked better is like if you design certain enemies to be affected by certain combat abilities, I think it would strengthen the game. Again, look at something like Arkham.
1: Well, yeah, I think they they tried to design enemies that were affected by certain combat abilities like the bad moods with clairvoyance and the sludge is one shotted with with fire um everything they needed more of that though but but again that's why i liked the um enablers because you had to approach them differently like you were talking earlier that they changed up your strategy and they changed up your mindset with like, how you were playing, and I think they should. I think that's what they should do. Sure,
0: it just wasn't fun. Like, I'm okay with, like, enemies... Again, in Arkham, I'm I'm bringing up Arkham because I'm playing through Arkham Knight again. Like, I got to an area the other day where it was like, here's a a bunch of enemies. It's, like, you know, 20 enemies and, like, two big guys. And, like, the big guys have, like, electric, like, knuckles. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have to... You have to take away their electric knuckles and then you have to like beat them down because they're big and like I have to make sure that I think about that going into the combat and then on top of that there are you know people with guns so like do I want to shoot one of the like the disabler things on like the gun uh, pickup area that they go to so that when they pick up the gun like they get taken out right away or am I like no, I can take care of this myself or mm-hmm. like you know then I have to be smart enough to to remember to do certain dodges and whatnot on like stun baton enemies uh all of it like flowing together like and that that allowed like I'm still thinking about the combat in a way and having this sort of like creative. Ability to choose what I want to create, ability to choose what I want. I'm I'm being able to choose what I want to do. Yeah, in decision. the moment, mm-hmm. and not being like I'm frustrated because I'm just wailing on one enemy for a certain amount of time. Because if I don't, they're gonna be invulnerable. Like, yeah, that's not fun to me. And there are enemies in Arkham, like there are, like medic guys go up and like shock enemies, and then you can't punch them. Like you have to use the back claw to take their electricity away so that you can punch them. But that's like a quick, like, I know that they're big and blue and bright, so yeah. I, I know just press uh, L2 and, and what, whatever the button is for claw, and then that's gone, and I'm good, and now I can go back to, like, wailing on enemies again, yeah. you know? like And that's what I wanted out of this combat, where it's like, if you made a way to take away that enabler really fast, uh, the way to do that is pyrokinesis, but again it affects the pirate, uh, like, they get on fire and they're kind of, like, stunned and they run away, uh, run around for a little while, but then when, as soon as they get out of that state, they go back to affecting the enemies, and maybe, I, I don't know if it's just, like, a free-flow thing with, like, an Arkham game or, like, uh, a platforming thing where, like, my powers feel good and, like, a control that, like, uh, affects the way that I like combat, but at the end of the day it's not fun, mm-hmm. to me. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong, but for no. me I was just, like, this is not a fun way of Dealing with combat in a platformer
1: and that's perfectly fair and I think You know one advantage that the Arkham games have is all the people that you fight in that game are all basically the same size like yeah, yeah. there are varying like mini boss enemies But the guys that you fight you, you don't... don't have to identify them like visually as much you can oh that guy's electrocuted that guy's got a shield that guy's got a gun it's very straightforward yeah in psycho the visual shorthand like that isn't there I mean I think it is
0: because the, the all of the enemies have unique silhouettes like the 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 regret is it the regret that carries the weight I think so yeah uh eventually they become like a like a super regret where they're holding like bombs that blow up yeah so you have to like make sure you're not close to them when you throw. Uh, throw that at other
1: enemies or at the regret. But I'm saying like you mentioned the electrocuted guys in the Arkham games. You need, you know that there's one way to de-electrocute them and then you can punch them. Yeah right? and you
0: don't have, like you can ignore them because the electricity will come off of them eventually. Like you don't, there are multiple ways to deal with them whereas I felt like in this game it's like there's kind of like one way to deal with certain enemies to get rid of them permanently.
1: Well but yeah there's there's multiple ways to deal with all the enemies like there's one kind of like better way, but but like the regrets you can shoot them with your side blast and they'll go away, or you can uh like uh grab their um, weight with your telekinesis. Yeah. The judges you can grab their gavel with your telekinesis, mm-hmm. or you can set them on fire, or you can slow motion them. In Arkham, at least uh the enemies that have those like secondary. Uh, abilities that you need to combat it's one enemy type with those different abilities with Psychonauts it's different enemy types with those different effects and those different abilities you know what I mean and then you have three or four different ways of approaching it and I think that's a clash I, I think um, like I said I had a good time cycling through like figuring out what my pattern was for um, approaching the enemies but I don't think there's a lot of um motivation in the game to incentivize the player to do that on their own. I definitely had my own agency in doing that. The game was not like trying to to push me into doing that, you know. I think it's mean?
0: a I think it is a menuing thing cuz like even like something like Starfield which I played for like 10 hours and then mm-hmm. put it down uh that has a lot of menuing as well. I don't really like If I'm in the flow state of a game and I'm like enjoying it, I don't want to use a menu a lot unless it's really fast. Like uh, a game that has a menu that I don't really mind is like Mass Effect where, hey, I'm shooting a bunch. And then I know that I see an enemy that has armor. Mm -hmm. uh, And I know that warp is an ability that will do a lot of damage to armor shooting is frantic. You know, it's it's fast. You 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 need to make sure you're in cover and then like make sure you're you're going back into cover so you're not getting hit. So when uh I hold the button to go into my menu to select warp, it's like okay, I've taken a breather. Sure. Uh I'm getting a pause in the combat. I'm selecting warp and then I come out of it. Mm-hmm. And then if you want, you can map those onto uh your Uh, your triggers or your bumpers so that you know i want uh liara to do warp i want javik to do dark channel blah blah blah. like and i thought that like works really well you have two different ways you can talk like say i want to map stuff or i just want to go into this menu and it's snappy and fluid and like i just don't think that the combat in this is snappy and like fluid or just like I don't need a pause in the combat of the Psychonauts. I want it to just be like, I'm wailing on enemies and then I'm done. Yeah. You know?
1: Uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't want to just wail on enemies and be done. Like, I'm not a big fan of, you know, um, what's it called? Um, Brawlers? Uh, Yeah. Like, what is Streets of Rage? That's a brawler, right? Yeah, it's like a side-scrolling brawler. Yeah, I beat them up. Mm. Um, I I think beat 'em ups do get kind of samey. There's definitely an art form to it, and there's definitely games that do it way better than others. But when I just see like, okay, enemy x x x x x x x until they're dead, like that's not fun to me. That's what I felt like this game was for me, though. Yeah, absolutely. I I but that's why I'm saying like you get out of it what you put into it because. Okay. I was saying like, okay, I want to use my different powers to take enemies out. That's on me. Like, I did that for myself to have more fun. I don't think the game motivates the player to do that enough. Like, I think um, the combat system was... Like, the menus were annoying. But towards the end of the game, I felt like they were snappy. Because I was saying, okay, bring up my powers. And I only had my um, left uh, bu- bumper that I was swapping out with other powers. My other three I didn't touch at all. So it's like, okay, here comes these enemies. Pause. Uh, bumper to pyrokinesis, okay, pyro those guys. Uh attack a little bit. Okay, pause. Bumper to time bubble. Time bubble those guys. Bumper back to pyrokinesis. So I got my kind of flow down. Um it's not something that the game is is uh really laying out for you though.
0: Yeah. I, I think the and this is something that people in reviews were like, eh, this isn't very good. So I don't yeah. think I don't think either of us are, are wrong or right. No, yeah, we're just talking it's about just, it. It's I didn't like it that much, mm. but it's it's one of those things where the rest of the game is so good. If I had to like knock this game, it would probably be again number one with a bullet. Would be like the combat is just not fun
1: for do you, me. Do you think it would have been better if it, every combat wasn't just in a flat arena? If there was some like probably. environmental stuff, yeah. I mean that's
0: one of the reasons why I think something like Mass Effect does a better job. It's a cover shooter. But, you know, like in a cover shooter, you have different areas with cover and you can go to those different areas. So if you're like, I want to get the high ground over on this right hand side, you can move over here. And in this, it's like you just get like a a closed off area where then you have to fight enemies. And there's not really like a, oh, I want to go take the high
1: ground. Oh, I
0: want I want to go behind these enemies and start wailing on them from over here. You kind of just start on this flat plane. You have to beat yeah. on them.
1: And it, it doesn't need to be game-changing. I think, imagine combat in a flat arena, but whatever psych, psychic world you're in, whatever mental world that you're in, maybe that person, like Bob Zanato, right? He's emotionally cut off from everybody. So mm-hmm. maybe when you're fighting people in a psychic arena, um, every 30 seconds... A big wall com- comes up that cuts the arena in half. And if you time it right, you can be fighting enemies and then roll out of the way. And then the wall will cut the arena in half so it gives you some breathing room in between them. So yeah. it's like an environmental effect.
0: It feels like,
1: because they, I
0: think they showed like in the documentary they had like blood gates at one point. Oh yeah, right. And I we don't know what those are because they're not the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it feels like at some points they were trying to put different elements of the game in uh, to change the combat of the game, but there was such a disconnect between the, uh, the Like Zach, who was like I want us to have better combat in this yeah. game and make it a, Make the combat improved and then the creatives on the other side being like I don't like this This is stupid.
1: Yeah, I mean it's and, you know
0: That sucks cuz like I, I think that like Zach's heart was in the right place where I'm like Hey The combat should be better in this. Mm, You know, he didn't go about it very well, obviously, but, you know.
1: Yeah, I I think the combat... Like, if there was just one other element at play to kind of finesse it, I think it would be a lot better. Even something as simple as... um, Not simple, but (laughs) uh, even a solution that is a suggestion of just change the enemies that the player is encountering at what times have one combat where it's three judges and uh two of the judges have enablers on them instead of just every time it's censors and then bad ideas and then regrets and then judges and then bad moods, you know, like it's weird. Cause I don't think of,
0: I don't think of double fine as a combat studio. Sure. Like somebody like, uh, like rock City who made like the Arkham games. Um, but they have done, like, some combat games, like Trenched, uh, which was, like, their mech game that came out on, like, the 360. Right, right. But they haven't done, like, a ton of stuff like that. I mean, even, like, Brutal Legend, people are like, they were like, oh, that's, like, a brawler. And it's not. It's a RTS,
1: basically. I remember you telling me about that. I mean, maybe that's where they can expand next. Like, I'm, even just, like, a bit more of a mindset to it. Like, a bit more of a how can we make this, like, different every time would be better. Because that's what they do with the mental worlds. Yeah. They really put a lot of effort into how can we make this different from all the other mental worlds in the game. I think, and I don't know if they did this. I'm not on the development team. Who the fuck am I to say, like, (laughs) they did it wrong. But maybe if every single combat in the game, because what are there probably, like, 30 combats, 35 combats maybe, just say, like, how can we make this combat different from all the other ones? Yeah. I think that would make a big difference, whether it's uh some drastically different environment. This combat is only censors. This combat is only bad ideas like that kind of those kinds of decisions I think would have made a a slight uptick in the the fun factor for the combat. I think they do that with the boss fights sure like in the in the boss fights uh Tim
0: had talked about how he wanted boss fights in the game because in the first game. They were, like, really big, like, show cases of the style of the game and also, mm-hmm. like, big emotional moments. Mm-hmm. And that's what they are in this game as well. Um, and I felt like, hey, like, these are pretty good, like, showcases of, you know, people's feelings. Like, the battling, like, the, the puppets and, like, Compton's level. Where, mm-hmm. uh, I I actually do like the boss fight, like, quite a bit for Bob Zanotto. Because I, I think that, the, I think... The, like, you're on, like, a, a, a door, like, going around this whirlpool with a giant, like, plant monster in it. Yeah. Uh, and the plant is, like, Bob Zanotto's, like, you know, manifestation of, of his feelings towards people. Um, And eventually when you shoot the, uh, shoot the plant enough or throw enough, like, projectiles at it, you then go to a, com- a combat ar- arena. And I right. felt like that was, like, a really nice, like... Okay, like, I'm I'm doing a, a, a fun thing in the regular boss fight where I'm shooting stuff at the plants. And then I go back to this combat arena, and the combat arena is, like, fairly simple. Like, it, it, there's, I didn't feel like there was a part where I was annoyed with the with the combat arena, unlike, you know, some of the other levels where I was like, I don't want to play this combat arena.
1: Sure, it feels tacked on, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I think... Uh, I like the boss fights. I I think it's an unfortunate situation because the first game every boss fight was just so like unique for better and for worse. Like there were some boss fights where it's yeah. difficult to like tell what to do, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this game, it was always like, okay, I know what to do. I can I can do it. But sometimes that made it feel like a little too. I don't, I don't like Sammy. Like contrived. I contrived, contrived. Yeah, like I I I liked all of the emotion and the story beats behind every boss fight. I think they're all great in that regard. Specifically, the Bob's Bottles boss fight, though, um, the Bob's Bottles boss battle, I uh, felt like I was um, not like the part where you're on the door in the whirlpool. Um, that didn't feel very tense to me because I like sure I, I was just like okay move okay throw a thing okay move. I think it's because okay, you move thing.
0: slow and the camera moves slow, and I think that's on purpose because if it moves fast, <laughs> it would be sick. like oh this is annoying or yeah. you know you you get sick.
1: Mm-hmm. And if if it was any if it was like too hard, that would be like the part that everybody hated. Yeah. So I think they made the right call to make it like it's it's pretty forgiving if you take damage at that whirlpool part um and it's memorable and it's different so i definitely appreciate that um it just didn't have that like edge that the first game had like not to say that this game is too generic cuz it's definitely not <laughs> that that the first game though every boss fight or every mini boss or every world felt like they really had high ambition and high expectations for themselves and they said god i hope we can do this but with this one, I, th- I think the ambition was much more mature and it was like, okay, let's keep it to things that we are pretty sure we can do, um, which makes for a less frustrating game, but I think makes for some moments that don't, that aren't as like offbeat and memorable as the first game, if that makes any sense. Sure. Sure. I think it makes sense. Um, but yeah, like I said, I um, the emotions in this game worked way better for me. Um, and it was nice that... Um, the narrative had a through line of I'm helping the original Psychonauts heal instead of like in the first game where it's like, okay, there's just random people and I have to figure out what their problems are. Yeah. But also I like that in the first game. I thought it was cool to be like, oh, I'm just going in this like total new character's brain and I have to just figure out what their deal is. But I think it
0: just meshes well with like the overall plot line of the game. Like when you eventually get everybody back into the psychonauts and everybody, you know, like helmet in like in Malik, like Nick's body. Like he's like uh flirting with uh with Bob and you're like, oh like it you know, it's cute. And yeah. like I like that everybody comes back and everybody you know Compton's like uh you know flirting with, with Cassie. Like it it feels like it feels like I love old people <laughs> being human. Like so yeah. many times like you you see like older people in in media and they're just like comic relief and this i like that it was like these are these people that are basically washed out mm-hmm. like you know you have Hollis who's running the psychonauts at this point and and uh, for truman and truman you don't really get a lot of characterization because he's a brain in in a box attached yeah. <laughs> to attached to his own body um you know, Hollis is really running the psychonauts and like, uh, and you're seeing this, the way the psychonauts are being treated as this like new generation uh, is coming in with the new interns and and Raz and whatnot. Uh, and you're watching these like old folks that are, that have to deal with the trauma that they went through, you know, 20 years ago. And it is like a tough thing to deal with. Like, and I like that at the end of the game, you know, uh, Uh, Maligula is not just like made out to be a villain. I like that she like cares about Raz. Mm -hmm. I like that uh, you're like basically fighting uh, to bring her back as like a a person. And and I like that, uh, you know, she, she has a good rapport with, with Raz in her Nona persona. And I, I, I like that, uh, it's just, like, a nice, like, through line through the game of just, hey, these, these people have problems and we need to acknowledge them and help them, like, get past them instead of just, like, here are these problems that we can kind of just, like, poke fun at a little bit. It's, yeah. You know, I, I well, don't know. It's, it handles it a lot better, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. um It's, it's not, it, it's definitely, like, much more nuanced and much more emotional and much better executed um it's it's uh like it's also nice that the the psychonauts uh the psychic seven that you end up helping they're they're like uh what's the word like just just like tolerated by the modern psychonauts like you get the impression from hollis and uh truman zanato that they're just it's like well they're the original psychonauts we gotta keep them around because they're like Legendary or whatever like, well, they're, like
0: they're still respected like at the end of the game like uh, like Sasha and, and Mia are not like Oh, like fuck these people like they're yeah. you know, they 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 still are like, oh my god, like there's Ford like he's
1: back to normal and, but, but even like in the beginning of the game one of the first thing that things that happens is Raz is like Ford Cruller made me a psychonaut and Hollis is like that basically means nothing. <laughs> yeah, Um. so that's it, it's like they're they're respected and their their history is there, but they're not like no one's helping them. I feel know? like
0: the, the the narrative, you know, the story treats them maturely, even if yeah. people yeah. like Hollis and Truman do not.
1: Yeah, well, and and that's made clear too, like through going into their mental worlds, like particularly the uh, the Compton one that is sticking out to me is when um, it's after the the deluge of grulovia which is the big battle and they found the mother lobe and all the psychonauts are there and compton is just like sitting this big office by himself you know and uh it's it's like of of course he would have a hard time handling that and it's and it's sad like no one is is reaching out to him about mental health or no one is like fostering connection um and then cassiopeia too like she sees all her friends just moving on and she's having a hard time moving on and no one's there for her. Um, And uh, Bob Zanotto gets fired from the psychonauts and that's it. Like people just stop trying to reach him or whatever. So it's, you have these like people that have such like amazing lives that they've lived in this world that have contributed so much, but that, that doesn't, people don't want to help, them people that their lives don't mean anything when they're just like kind of isolating themselves like it it, Compton Bull sits in a psycho isolation chamber all day and no one like thinks that's weird or no one is like willing to go and be like hey what do you need or what do you want or everyone's given up at this point so it's it's just uh sad to see that but then nice to see that uh, all Raz has to do is be like what do you like? He's there want. to listen.
0: Yeah, he's, he's there to help, which is which is nice. And I like that he's this starry-eyed kid that wants yeah. to. Because that's like what you are when you're a kid. You're like, you know, I I love my grandparents because they're just my grandparents. Mm-hmm. They're cool because they're older. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I really like Raz's characterization in this too, where um he's like his Nona is you know uh, like spacey because she's old is mm-hmm. what it's presented. But he doesn't, he, he's nice, he's a nice kid, he doesn't, he's not rude, he's not like whatever, he doesn't care. Or um, when he talks to Compton, he's just like very, trying to be very calm. When he talks to Cassie, like he never talks down to any of these people. He just is like, like what's the deal? Like what do you, what do you uh, have going on? Is there something that is preventing you from, you know, being calm or whatever? Um, and and it's like you said, it's just nice. Like it's just very wholesome. So yeah, it's it's a very nice story, very well executed. It's um, a good ass video game. Yeah, and the first one's good too. Um, this one just is is like the control of this one is to Psychonauts one. What control is to Alan Wake, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, it might come to, come down to preference. But was there anything that you thought that Psychonauts one did better than Psychonauts 2 or anything you liked more in the first game uh not necessarily um not really yeah I think maybe like if I
0: had to choose like I I, I don't really like like the ranks in this game I kind of liked them better in, in the last game but again this game is kind of nice where I don't have to like go to one area to collect the cores yeah. and then go back to this one area to level up like I kind of just, if they do a Psychonauts 3, I hope they just take out the ranking system in
1: general. Because I know it's, you know, it's important in the game, but it's kind of like, who cares, like, at this point? It seems arbitrary. It's like, why do I need to achieve a certain rank to use this pin, or yeah, whatever? It like, feels I, like
0: a thing from 2005, where it was like, we have collectibles, <laughs> like, know. let's have you collect stuff in order to level up. And like I've said, like, I think that the level ups in uh, in the first game were a bit more substantial, but so...
1: If there's anything that probably that game did better, it's probably that. I think to the second game's credit, they kept what worked as far as, like, powers and level-ups. Uh, level um, And got rid of what didn't. Like, the shield power from the first game. Um, I think that was... Just... I would have welcomed the shield power, because
0: I just... I don't think that the... I don't think there is a defensive tool in this game.
1: No, yeah. It's it's all offensive attacks. Um, And I... I agree with that sentiment that maybe a defensive tool would have mixed it up a little bit more, um, but I didn't really use the shield power. I didn't really use invisibility. I
0: used the shield power. I didn't use invisibility because it's not really useful in combat. But yeah, I did use the shield power to be like, okay, I need to defend on this
1: sensor. You know, yeah, personally, I didn't. I didn't miss the shield power at all. Um, but you know, there's there's a big gap between the first game and this game, obviously. Um, So they had time to think about, like it must have been really crazy to go back to Psychonauts one with a fresh set of eyes and a newer team. You know, ten years after the fact, uh, to be like, okay, now that we've made several more games, what can we improve upon with Psychonauts one when we were all uh, just kind of starting out? Um, I I found myself wondering if Psychonauts two, like let's say Psychonauts one was really successful, and as soon as it came out, they started work immediately on Psychonauts 2. And Psychonauts 2 came out in 2008 or 2009 or whatever. Um, Do you think the story would have been drastically different than what we saw here?
0: Yeah, because I think, like, there was that period in time where things just weren't taken as seriously like Mm -hmm. as today. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mass Effect, you can punch a reporter in, like, all three games. Yeah. And, like, today it's, like,
1: you can't have a scene like that. If if nothing else, people would be a little more thoughtful about how they put that in the game instead of just like here it is. We just want to have that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, I I think I, I'm. I guess I I was wondering like, would these story beats have been the same story beats they went with? I don't the think game? so. You don't think so? I mean, the team was drastically different. I mean, they have like James
0: on the team, true. Who's? I'm fairly certain he's queer. Uh. So uh i think that would have changed the way that they approached certain characters sure. or you know i think who there's a there's i think like a an artist on it, like a uh, uh, like a 3d artist or something that worked on it that uh, is from like the uh, like india and who is it uh the one that
1: i think her name is zara
0: yeah and i i, I can't remember the the character's name in Psychonauts. Oh, sure. The skateboarding. The skateboarding one. Yeah. Yeah, that has the the headscarf. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think they would have shown up in the game. Sure. So, I, I think the game is better for, like, being more inclusive. Even if those characters are not really, like, showcased at all, it's just nice. Like, some people uh, some people might be like, oh, I see, like, myself as, like, somebody who could be in Psychonauts. Yeah,
1: totally. Um, It's interesting. The first game, like, I don't, I don't the the conversations around diversity, equity and inclusion when the first game came out were totally different than they are today. Um but even so the first game did have like a a more wide variety of characters than I think um yeah. a lot of people were interested in putting in the games at that time. So yeah. that's I mean they
0: have like like Mia is like one of the big leaders yeah. uh and they have a lot of like uh women children in the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Lily is like a really a uh, strong like female kid in the in the franchise as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, it's interesting to see that the story beats were um, kind of uh, outside the norm, even back in two thousand five or whenever the first game came out. Yeah. Um, and and speaking of that, also playing this, I felt like I really want to recommend Psychonauts two to people. Like I want to say Psychonauts two is a game that everyone should play. Mm-hmm. I think it's much better and easier to appreciate it if you play the first game first. Do you think that it is essential to play the first game before you play the second game to get the full amount of enjoyment out of it?
0: I don't necessarily think so. Uh we both played like the the first game and mm-hmm. we both enjoyed it and we played it like many years after it came out. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't necessarily think so. I would uh, it's probably like a uh like a Mass Effect 2 situation where I'm like if you really hate that type of game, like Mass Effect One, where it's like very RPG, yeah. yeah, and sometimes it doesn't mesh the best with you know ways the ways that sequels improved upon those games, uh, I, I would probably like recommend playing
1: Psychonauts Two over Psychonauts One if that's sure. what you know about yourself. Sure, I yeah, I guess if if you're someone who doesn't like Banjo-Kazooie or Mario 64, then you should just go right to Psychonauts 2 if you're interested.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're, like, somebody who's like, I don't want to play, like, Super Mario 64, uh, you know, but you still like platformers, I'd be like, you know, you can still play Mario Galaxy or, yeah, right. or Mario Odyssey and be like, yeah, this is, like, I get this 3D platformer. Like, they've approved on this a lot. um, But it's it's, like, not a bad game. I would still recommend playing the first game. Sure. if you if you want to
1: yeah I, I I think it it's good to play them in a one two kind of punch or a combo like we did uh, I mean that we played them months apart but but still i I think the first game is worth playing if only so that you can fully enjoy the second game, but hopping in the second game seems like a a fine way to go as well um watch the fucking documentary
0: to appreciate the uh, this game yeah it um, was um
1: <laughs> it was crazy to watch the documentary having played through the second game completely and like knowing what it looked like. Um There's
0: such a confidence with this second game. Like you play the second game. You're like, these guys just, they still got it. And you watch the documentary and like, there's constant conversations about this game. Isn't psychonautical enough. I don't think. Yeah. And they're constantly second guessing themselves.
1: Well, it's crazy to play the second game and be like, "Oh, it's so obvious. Like, yeah. of course this is Psychonauts 2." Yes. But then you watch that documentary and and it's like this game is feels like it's always on the verge of taking a nose dive and just getting canceled, you know? Yeah. Like it's um it's wild. And it's wild to watch that documentary too because like knowing what's in the game and watching the documentary and they're 2 years into development and they're like, "Hey, we just spent 3 months on this level. We want to show you this level." And having Played the game, you watch it, and you watch the level that the development team is trying to like demo for the rest of the the game design team, and you see it, and you're like, they spent three months on this, and that level looks nothing like the final game. Yeah. They cut all this from the game. Like that's yeah. they spent three months on something that I know is going to get cut. That's well, crazy. As far as I know, for development, that is a lot. Of what
0: happened,
1: it's so much. It's crazy how games are made. It's so much trial and error. It's it's really insane. I,
0: I love the uh the post. You know when all the GTA Six stuff came out, um, they were like, oh, you know this game is foreign development because, uh, there's voice acting. Right, I don't remember what it was like. So uh, there wasn't voice acting in the moment or whatever. I don't remember something with GTA Six and somebody said like, oh, like. Voice acting is the first thing that's put in a game. And, like, you're watching the (laughs) documentary and all the developers are voicing lines. Like, they don't have Elijah Wood, they don't have Jack Black, they don't have, like, Kimberly Brooks. Like, it's just, like, they don't do the voice acting. Like, you're watching the end of the documentary and they're like, Elijah Wood, we're doing your final recording session, yeah. and you're like, it is May, and the game comes out <laughs> in September. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I, actually, speaking of that, I was a little disappointed Um, in the documentary. They show Jack Black recording his lines, they show Elijah Wood recording his lines, but I wanted to see Richard Horvitz recording lines as well. They show some. Yeah, they, they show like one, sa- like, I don't think you see Richard Horvitz. Yeah, do. You do? I sent oh.
0: you a Snapchat with it. Oh, maybe I missed it.
1: There was, there. when was it? Was They're it like, joking about it. It's in the final episode, because
0: they talk about uh, his uh, they talk about how it's like his final days, yeah. and then I think they put like a subtitle on the screen that they're like, "It's the final recording session Shrash for Rich for Horvitz," and they're like, "He's been work. He's like, we'll be back with him again because he's he's been doing like double fine stuff for forever."
1: So. Well, yeah, he's just a a working actor. Yeah, I, dude, I was watching the last episode on and off the last few days, and I watched it the other night. As I was falling asleep, and I fell asleep for like five minutes, and then I woke up and shut it off and went to bed. I must have slept through the Richard yeah, Horvitz man. part. I think you did because <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> he totally shows
0: up on screen and he's like riffing about lines and stuff. Oh. Yeah,
1: damn. I gotta go back and find that now. I' let to scrub through it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I I wanted to see more of the yeah. um, non-big quote unquote big name actors. Yeah, I mean, those are the we care about the Richard Horvitz. Yeah. Everybody else is like, I want to hear Jack Black. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's like. It's like, man, you know, Richard Horvitz and uh, the core Psychonauts, like, they're the people you spend the whole game with. And it's cool to see Elijah Wood and Jack Black recording their lines for Psychonauts 2. That's cool. But it's like, don't, don't just sell out to the marketable names, dude. <laughs> Show the real voice actors <laughs> in the documentary, too. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Elijah Wood not a real Voice actor? No, I didn't I didn't he mean... voiced Frodo in the Lego <laughs> video game. <laughs> he voiced you have his famous role as Frodo in the Lego Lord of the Rings. I think they just take dialogue from the movies for the Lego game. Yeah. I bet I bet Elijah Wood would come back and do it though. He seems cool. He in that documentary is so excited. He was yeah. like, Oh, you're getting Jack to make the oh yeah. and I'm gonna that be the sounds same. so cool. Character. I think he had a line talking to Tim Shaper. He's like, This is your job. Like you get to do this every day. Yeah, Tim's like oh, this is my job. <laughs> a, yeah, mean, you want to yeah. trade jobs, <laughs> Elijah? Um, but yeah, that that documentary is is really worth a watch. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, the other moment that was the most mind blowing moment in that documentary for me was when um, Asif, the camera guy, yeah, is pitching a game for their game jam, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I have an idea, like for a game where you have to pick up food and make a big pot of food and feed gods," and he's like. But I'm a camera guy, so, you know, like, I don't know if my game is going to get made for this game jam. And he pitches his thing, and I'm like, holy shit, that ends up (laughs) as a level in Psychonauts 2. It was insane. The the evolution of, like, him as just a,
0: a camera guy. And then at the very end of the documentary, it says, like, Asif. Uh, level designer yeah it's like, crazy Wah!
1: you're like just because he had an idea yeah. <laughs> he worked on Psychonauts 2 and made one of the most memorable levels in a game full of memorable levels it's like, like, That's this crazy. is awesome Yeah. if I
0: was a journalist though I would be like this is a huge uh conflict of interest but it doesn't matter <laughs> because he's empro- uh, um, uh, he is uh, employed by Double Fine anyway yeah it's, so a, it's, it's a conflict
1: like, of interest to make the documentary at yes. <laughs> all because they're employees of the company um, but no, I mean, for what it's worth, it's, I think it's as transparent as it can be. Um, like I, I actually think it's tastefully transparent where they're not, yeah. they're not showing like the more heated arguments that you know, happen behind There's the that scenes. There's moment at the
0: end where the producer leaves and he's like, I'm not going to give you guys the juicy bits. Me and Tim had a bad conversation Yeah, and some feelings were hurt. And, like, Tim, like, calls him, like, Benedict Arnold later. And you're, yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, you're, like, what if happened? What happened? And
1: it's, like. But, I, like,
0: that guy still is, like, I hope everyone succeeds. And yeah. I want this game to be good. And even, like, people who have been there for a really long time, like, Anna Kittness leaves. And she, like, worked on De- Psychonauts 1. Like, she's worked for the company for, like, over a decade. Yeah. Uh, and, like, her moment. Like, her moments in the documentary where she's, like, fighting with Zack. You're like, I know she's gonna leave, and then she leaves, but like she comes back and she's like at their holiday parties. She's like showing yeah, he, off her, her babies, like, yeah, uh, her baby, like, during the uh, during the Christmas parties. She's like at the rap party for Psychonauts, yeah, too. You're yeah. like, you know, and even, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the their guy who gets all their money for them for him.
1: Oh, yeah, when he left, I forget his name. Uh, um, yeah, he's at PlayStation
0: now, and I was yeah. like, that's that guy because he he's shown off like on Twitter all the time. He works with uh, Shuhei Ushida with trying to get like uh, people uh, Trying to get like smaller teams into PlayStation um, He does a lot of business development there. Oh, so I'm nice. Like, oh, I recognize him and of course like he worked for double fine
1: before. Right. No, so. it, it was cool to see him a part of the team and then basically be so good at his job that he nullified <laughs> his own position. Yeah. And then be like, but it's okay because I'm going to leave and go to this other... And then he comes back at the end and they don't, like, interview him. They just show him at the party. And it's like, oh, he's back. Look yeah, at
0: Yeah, And, like, it's it's near the... Not the end of the pandemic mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's, uh, it's 2021 yeah, late is, like, 21. around when the, there was... Another surge in, in coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So you're watching people still with like masks on and stuff, but still at the rap party. Yeah. Um, and you know that, you know, a few months later that that like Om- Omicron like surged and
1: whatnot, people had to go
0: back to quarantining for a bit. So.
1: Well, that was the other crazy thing about the documentary is there. Uh, I'm so invested in the development of this game and this behind the scenes stuff. And even though I don't remember everyone's names, I'm getting to know the people yeah. at Double Fine. Um, and like, it hits me halfway through the documentary, like, oh shit, this game came out in 21 and it's 2018. The pandemic hasn't even hit yet. And they're encountering all these snags with development yeah. and all these issues. They talk about like the 2020 election. Yeah. It's you like, know, it, there's it, so much stuff coming up yeah. that I, I'm not even, I forget cause I'm so invested in what's happening right now.
0: 10 out of 10 documentary, go watch it. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh
1: this game's really good. This game's really good. Um I don't think that they will make a Psychonauts 3 anytime soon.
0: I think they were so burned out on this project. Like they don't have anything announced right now. Yeah. They are probably the one, number one like Microsoft developing like uh, Microsoft owned studio that I'm like
1: what are they making next? Yeah. That they're definitely especially after this. Like you have kind of turned me on to them through the course of um doing this podcast. Like from now on, whenever they announce a game, I'm there. Like I wanna Yeah, they're whatever. like a remedy
0: for me where I'm like, whatever you make, I'm I'm in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll day one, I'll buy it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so if they did make a Psychonauts 3, what would you want to see? Like pie in the sky, any idea? Probably just better combat. I think yeah. I would like, you know, hey,
0: get get a combat designer. I, I would love, love, love if it went from like Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2 where you're like, Mass Effect 1, you're like, this is clunky. This feels like shit. Like, <laughs> they have like RPG elements like with the shooting mm. where it's like, hey, do you want your sniper rifle scope sway to be tied to your sniper rifle skill? And it's I'm like, like no. fucking no. Yeah, why would I want that? Do you that? want your, your stamina meter to be, uh, for running to be... Connected to your fitness ability? I'm like, fucking no. And then, you know, like, you get to the second game and it's like, oh, this is a shooter. You made a fucking shooter. This makes and
1: way more sense. <laughs> this is way
0: better. And, like, there are things that are lost on on the game, you know, because it, it, it's much less of, like, uh, uh, of a uh, old Bioware RPG where all these decisions come together and and whatnot but you know it's it's still like that world and characters and whatnot that you're that you fell in love with with the first game I I would love that with the second game like if they were just like we got a better combat designer and this game is gonna be way more fun
1: combat wise that'd be nice I I would like that especially if they didn't like totally reinvent the wheel with the psychonauts combat where it's Mm -hmm. like basically the same um Process, but just more refined, more fun, more engaging, less beat 'em upy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be nice. Uh, and you know, it's interesting you mentioned like holdovers in game design from Mass Effect One to Mass Effect Two, because I think we talked about this in our Psychonauts One discussion. Um, but there's like dialogue tree, not dialogue trees, but dialogue options in this game. There in the first game. There's like items that you have to pull out at specific times to use on specific things, very much like an adventure game. Hmm. And that added to the like identity of the first game. But in this game, that stuff is a little more refined and stripped down. And uh, there's not, you don't have to select the door item and then select the person you want to use the psychic door on. It yeah. just automatically uses the door, which I think was the right call. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing some more improvements like that into psychonauts 3 where you really strip down like what what is clashing with the action platformer uh approach here
0: i think like the creative stuff really works yeah um but i also feel like from the documentary i think tim is a pretty good manager but i think watching the documentary i'm like his process is bad (laughs) and he's he's just like I go and lock myself in a room, and then I write, and, you know, you have to write and write and write and write, and I get that, like, mm-hmm. being a writer, uh, and but <laughs> you get to the end of the game, or the end of the development cycle, and there's, like, I still have, like, you know, a final script to pass along to Richard Horvitz, and I'm like, how are you still writing <laughs> shit? And I understand Except I don't understand because I don't know, you know, Red Dead Redemption Two. Were they writing things like up to the last minute? I imagine they probably were. Cause that mm. game's too long. Um, but I'm wondering, like, you know, I don't know, like Alan Wake. Like, is that a game where they were writing up to the last minute, or was it, you know, we have this idea, we have the script, and the script is written.
1: I don't and know. Now, like I we're mean... gonna
0: we're gonna build a game around it. I suppose that they probably built the game first
1: and then they wrote the script probably i mean it's tough to say like making a game is such a uh like counterintuitive process it's it's yeah. such a in and out back and forth this feeds into this like i don't yeah. making a game is like from what i've seen and all the stuff that we've read and watched about game making it's like trying to make a cake but uh one team is in charge of putting the eggs in the cake But the other team... Another team has to buy the bowl. Yeah, the other team (laughs) is in charge of the cooking equipment. And another team is in charge of the flour. And the eggs that you need for the cake, the chicken hasn't even laid them yet. But the flour is here and the flour needs to go in the bowl. So you have to wait for the chicken to lay the eggs so you can put them in the bowl. But also, the chicken needs to eat wheat. So we have to take some of the flour Mm -hmm. that we were going to use to make the cake and feed it to the chicken... And it's and then and all at the same time, like you have to pay employees,
0: and they talk about it in the documentary you have to hit milestones. Yeah, and if you don't hit milestones and you show it off to your publisher, oh, you didn't hit this goal. Well, you're not going to get the money that you were supposed to get by showing this off right. to people.
1: And it's it's not like with a movie. I mean, every piece of art, especially a collaborative, like tech-based piece of art, is kind of like a living thing in a way. But with a movie, you don't start filming most films don't start filming until you've got the script like, yeah imagine filming a movie without having the last third of the script figured yeah. out you know but then like
0: in the in the documentary they're talking about like hey uh we want to do this for the level and then you talk to a programmer, and they're like I'm not fucking doing that that's not possible yeah it's crazy you know?
1: it's it's such a mix of creative ideas and creative explosions with just like real world practical tech like coding it's, it's really wild to think about how to make something like that congruent and, and mesh well. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, uh, I think
0: it's, uh, it's, I can't remember the name of the, Jeremy, I think, the like, the bald, like, uh, guy with like the glasses. Sure. Um, he He's like, Every game is a miracle. Or maybe, it, I think it was Lisette, the uh, the, yeah. the art lead, mm-hmm. uh, that was like, every game is a miracle. And yeah. she, uh,
1: I'm like, yeah, you're right. I mean, every every game, every movie, every book, like every piece of art is a miracle. But especially games, like any any piece of art that takes a large team collaborating, that is definitely a, a miracle. Um, I can't believe you criticized Tim Schafer's process, because what if he listens to this I don't, You
0: know what? That's fine. There are other people in that documentary that criticize his
1: process, too. Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised that the documentary, like, obviously it paints Tim in a pretty positive light, but it doesn't shy away from, like, yeah, he's holding everything up or, like, he's kind of doing his own thing and it's leaving other people out to dry and we don't really know what to do. So I I appreciate the transparency there because it would be so easy to just be like, Tim's awesome he's so great he's perfect he has no flaws But yeah. um, it shows a little more realness than that so um, yeah uh, how would you feel if they made Psychonauts 3 and the story took place like in modern day like uh, I don't want to fuck it I wanted to be in Psychonauts world dude the Psychonauts franchise has legs okay <laughs> you could do a hard R Psychonauts game where you a spinoff where you play as Sasha Nine, and you have to like solve a murder, and you have to go into a murderer's that brain. That sounds pretty fucking rad. I would want that. Imagine and imagine if you weren't limited. If it's M rated, and you can show like psychosexual things or violence, like uh, you know that they're All right, Ryan. I don't want <laughs> I want
0: to have my fun cartoon video game. Yeah. There's still murder in this game. Like Ooh. Maligula, oh, that's true. Like killed all these protests, protesters, and she her, killed her sister. sister. Yeah, and she killed her yeah. brother-in-law. Like,
1: yeah, no, I, but there's so much potentially what you can do with the Psychonauts game, um, with this this series. Just the idea of going into people's heads for a fun, cartoony adventure with emotional stakes and good writing. It's just like limitless. You could just do anything. You so know? do you want Raz for the next Smash Bros.? Oh my god, dude. I was thinking so much about <laughs> Raz would be such a good Smash Bros character. He would. Yeah. It's not even funny. He'd be literally perfect. Yeah, but uh
0: we're not gonna do that and I don't know that I mean, I think Tim jokes about like when Microsoft has their Smash Bros game where <laughs> We're gonna have uh, Richard Horvitz come back for
1: that. I would love that. I would love a double fine yeah. smash. Imagine like Raz. Not double fine, but just
0: Microsoft because you can have Master Chief. I mean, they own they own Banjo Kazooie. They own Banjo Kazooie. They own
1: Raz. They could Banjo Kazooie, Master Chief, Raz from Cybernauts cameo. Cameo, everyone's could do cam. You could do grab by the Ghoulies. You could That's do be fucking awesome Viva Pinata. I would love to see um, you could Ka- do Marcus Phoenix killing <laughs> killing the uh, the. Piñatas with his chainsaw gun. <laughs> Chainsawing the Viva Pinatas in half. Yeah. Viva this. Alright. Uh, he's he's
0: uh, he's got his gruff uh, uh John uh
1: DiMaggio voice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh saying like fuck you and cutting you got the You have the armor
0: and he's got a plasma sword and he's like, It's me. David
1: uh <laughs> Keith, Keith David Keith David. <laughs> and then you have uh uh Manny Calavera there. Saying like, "Wow, you're that's pretty that's right." Cool. They own Manny Calvera now. Yeah, because Double Fine owned them from Luke, owned that yeah, from they Lucas. Could, they got
0: Jack Black playing uh, Eddie. Yeah. What, what's the name of the guy from Brutal Legend? Bob Legend. Yeah, we didn't play that. No, we it, should.
1: That's like, it's I'd fine. like to
0: play that. It seems fun. I, it would be interesting to play it because I would be interested to see what you think. But I, I don't, I don't love this game. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Yeah, I bet if they made Microsoft Smash Bros, they could probably get Sonic to the Hedgehog. They probably
0: could because Sega is just like fucking sure. They'd, they could go. probably
1: get what's his
0: name from Yakuza too. Yeah, they have a good relationship with the uh, with the Psychonauts dev or Psychonauts with the uh, Yakuza devs. Like they've brought them the, all those games to Game Pass. I think like the I think the new one is on Game Pass. Isn't Sega the
1: Yakuza dev or is Sega yeah. just the publisher?
0: They're the they're the well it's. The developer is uh, Rio Gagatoko, which translates to "like a dragon." So right. it's Like a Dragon Studios. Right. Um, so yeah, they have a good relationship with them.
1: Imagine Raz going into the brain, the mental world of the main guy from Yakuza. Oh, that would be so cool! It would mainly
0: just be him being a fucking meathead because he's like he like gets a cell phone. He's like, "What is this?" He's he's like
1: stupid <laughs> yeah he is
0: like there's a there's live chat in one of them you know like uh talking with like a uh, uh, somebody who's like stripping mm. like on camera um in like a chat room uh and he uh he hunts and pecks mm-hmm. so he'll just be like so good as this like woman's like taking off her shirt and it's just him being like and it's it's
1: really really funny That sounds funny. What's
0: his name again? Kiryu? Cosmo Kiryu?
1: Cosmo Kiryu. Well, I would love to see a Psychonauts-Yakuza crossover. Maybe there's, like, evil uh, Yakuza Psychonauts. They
0: They would get that, too, because there's so much wacky shit in those games. Yeah. Where they would
1: be like, oh, Mental World. Okay, like, what can we do with this? I bet they would... Like, have someone smoke like a bunch of weed or like force feed someone LSD. They don't
0: do drugs in Japan, like, doing drugs is like a huge no no. Like, there was uh, a voice actor for one of the games in uh, I think Yakuza 4 or 5 I don't remember which, I think it was 4. Um, he uh did a he got caught with, I think it was just weed, um, and they replaced his voice actor for the remaster.
1: Damn.
0: And he is like, he's, like, out. And I think they, like, he got acquitted of that. He
1: wasn't, like, charged criminal. criminal. Yeah,
0: but, like, it is, like, a huge taboo in Japan. Sure, it's very stigmatized. Yes.
1: Huh, well... I guess they wouldn't do that in the Yakuza games then. No. Uh,
0: there is no... There are no drugs. I guess in, in the, the Psychonauts
1: Night. Yakuza crossover, they wouldn't force feed someone drugs and then go inside their brain. Yeah, new. the
0: uh, the Psyching level would be like a
1: huge no. They'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> there is a funny line in the King level when uh, Raz is talking to Psyching, He's saying like, where can I find the hand and the ear or whatever. And, uh, he's like, they're up here. They used to get high up here, get really high. And there they are up top yeah. on the, the cliff there. There's a lot of good one-liners. Uh, I like,
0: uh, <laughs> I like when you finally get access to the bowling alley. He's like, Rez is like, I have to go to the bowling alley to go with, uh, uh get in. I have to go to the bowling alley to help bowling Ford, uh, <laughs> His bowling aspect this like, <laughs> yeah. and it's like uh, this is the bowling, aspect, the, of the his bowling aspect of his personality. This is the it's bowling like, side of his oh ah, yes.
1: Everyone has a bowling aspect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that, I, I was thinking about that because there's so much of that in the first game. And then even in other Tim Schafer stuff, like when we played Grim Fandango, there's so many lines that are like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. Like that, uh, just such a flat delivery of this ridiculous thing that's happening in yeah. this video game. Maybe the hardest laugh for me in all of Psychonauts 2 was in Gristle's uh, level. When Raz is not tall enough to get on the ride. <laughs> so you hit the sign and it falls. And it goes from a cutscene to like one... Uh, <laughs> like one gameplay... And I was just like, "Can I hit the sign?" Can I? Oh, it fell. Oh, maybe I. And then I talked to the guy. He's like, "Hey, I'm tall enough now." And he's like, "Oh, okay." It's just like well, five seconds he... of gameplay. <laughs> he's like,
0: "I'm tall enough now," and the guy's like, "Oh my god, I've been here too long. Yeah, How long yeah. Has it been You've that you grown grew up
1: much? Yeah." <laughs> it, it's just so like those kinds of moments are uh, really, really unique and fun. Yeah. So. It's and the, a good game. That also felt like a fuck it moment where the developers yeah. were like, "Fuck it!" Like, who? <laughs> he's just hit the thing and then it comes down. And you get on the run. Who Cares, <laughs> <laughs> just cut it out.
0: Yeah, um, it's funny. Yeah, so good this game. game's really clever. I really hope ki-
1: I hope kids played this game because the first game was marketed at kids, right? At like t- t- kids you know, and preteens. I think they talk about this again in the documentary where they're like, "I think this like the people who are playing this game are like
0: the older generation," and I think that like hits well with. The subject matter of the game of like yeah. getting the band back together like it feels like like 30 year olds and like older who People who grew up with the game are like, yeah, I'm playing this now and you know it, it, Getting older and being like oh, yeah, my fuck-ups and having to face face those, you know yeah. or, or like
1: not paying attention to your mental health and yeah having panic attacks or not believing in yourself or isolating yourself or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, very relatable subject matter for people that age, well, I think our age would be the, that demographic, right? People yeah, millennials, like, yeah, millennials, the millennial demographic. So, yeah, good game. Uh, I will finish our conversation by saying, uh, psych, I would need to replay some other games, but I'm pretty sure Psychonauts 2 is one of my new favorite games of all time. I, I think it's this might be in my top 10. Really. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good.
0: I don't think it's up there for me, but I remember in 2021, my game of the year was Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. And I love Halo Infinite. The time that I spent with it, like in 2021, was some of the most fun I've had in a multiplayer game, like ever. Sure. When it first launched. Um, and also, I just, I love the freedom that that campaign gives you with the fucking grappling hooks, man. are so much fun. <laughs> um it's not a good campaign. It's not the best Halo campaign. But it's that fucking gameplay, man, is, is just put a grappling hook in a game and you got a, you got know, a winning winning game right there. Yeah,
1: I mean it doesn't need to be the best to be your favorite. Yeah. Stuff. Grappling hooks and uh gliding are, are just yeah. like always fun.
0: And uh I think now I would probably change that and say Psychonauts two was probably my game of the year in twenty twenty one. I I played it late. And I, I just, I really, really like Psychonauts 2. I don't think it's perfect, yeah. but no game is, mm-hmm. you know. I, yeah. I, I had a lot of problems with Tears of the Kingdom, and that was my game of the year last year. Not Alan Wake 2, unfortunately, because there were a lot of problems with that game, too. Was
1: Alan Wake 2 second? It second? Was, It was second. Okay. I mean, it, it wasn't even close. Like, other
0: stuff that I played, I was like, this is not even close. <laughs> uh, well, but, it, like, Alan Wake 2 was
1: almost there if the gameplay would have been better. I think it would have gotten there, but that's the other game I I need to play. Like I'm I'm very happy to play Psychonauts two, but we gotta play Out of like two.
0: You gotta get a PS five or Series X first, but it, it's fine. Again, if there's a there's a PS five uh, upgrade this year, which all signs all signs point to yes, I'll just give you my PS five and then you got it. Yes, all I have to Moching do. Is, off, <laughs> <Steve's> <laughs> I just have
1: to wait to get stuff for free from you. Uh, when you buy stuff, I'll get your hand me downs. Yes. Uh Okay, so that's Psychonauts too. Yeah. Uh, thank You'll get you. your hand me downs. The Xbox One that
0: you got a hand me down for. I,
1: I have an Xbox One in this room, and I have a PS4 in this room. Neither of them are consoles that I paid for. They were both gifted <laughs> to me by friends that said, "I'm. I got the new version. Do you want this?" And uh, I, actually, uh, my friend Austin who gave me this Xbox One, he literally said. I got the new Xbox model. I am never going to touch this Xbox One ever again. So you might as well take it because it's just going to sit here. And I was like, well,
0: and I gave you the PS4 because I'm like, well, we're going to play PS4 games. So you should probably have this. Yeah. And you know what? You got a lot more use for uh, out of it than I have. Really? Uh, like now, like okay. I, I would not have touched sure. my PS4. I'm sad because uh, there are some things on the PS4 that I like, like themes. There are no themes on the PS5. And god damn it, I want to look at Tifa's backside. (laughs) Her Cut that out, Jordan. (laughs) I want to watch Corn Love and the Firewatch theme. That sounds wholesome. You never fucking change the theme, and I would go in there and change the theme all the time. And I can't fucking change the theme on the PS Five, it all all just one fucking theme.
1: I'm like, this sucks. You know what this is bad? Your your PS Four also has uh, PT on it. Yeah. So uh, that makes it worth seven million dollars.
0: No, that won't be for a while yet. I think that I think people are able to. Maybe they haven't been able to extract that off off of the uh, the PS Four. I I don't know.
1: The only copy of that game is in Guillermo del Toro's work desk on a on a hard drive. <laughs> Yeah, Guillermo del Toro owns that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nor- Norman Reedus has the only copy of PT. Uh, crazy, <laughs> fucking PT man. Yeah. Uh, so that's Psychonauts two. Yeah, right. That's our discussion. Anything you wanted to close with, or anything else you wanted to say? No, uh, not about Psychonauts two. We could we could close out. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to whoever no. is listening. What? Fucking say the next game you. Oh, sorry. I'm trying to, here I am trying to read our closer and I'm not even talking about the next, it's been a day. (laughs) Uh, Our next game is uh, Super Metroid. Yeah. A, A very different game from Psychonauts 2. No, but, <laughs> no. Psych- Super Metroid has a trip out scene too, and and a, and a, they actually also center around Grilovia in Super Metroid. It's weird. Yeah, but we're gonna play it on. They're th- also written. It's also written by Tim Schafer. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Yeah, Tim Schafer wrote all the dialogue in Super Metroid. Um, that will be played via the Nintendo Switch Online s uh, like Super Nintendo system or whatever. Where it's just free if you have a Switch. I got it on
0: 3DS as well.
1: Well, la di da. You can play on your fucking 3DS then. I'll play it on. Yeah, Switch. I got it for
0: free when they were like, "Oh, we feel bad that we fucking made this cost three hundred dollars and you paid money for it."
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. Hey, people are pirating this game, so I guess we'll just put it out for free, uh, less optimized than the pirated version. But we're gonna play Super Metroid, and um, I'm looking forward to that. I've always wanted to play this game. It is. Uh, like, Psychonauts 1 and 2. I always wanted to play Psychonauts 1, and then as soon as we played it, I was like, I gotta play Psychonauts 2.
0: Metroid 2 and 1 Super Metroid are the only ones that I think that I haven't completed all the way. I think Sick. I've played both of them I'm at not... different points, but I've never finished them. But I've played, I think, all the other Metroids. No, I didn't play Federation Force, and I, I had never finished. Well, I played Pinball, but I, I think there's like a story and you pinball. didn't beat
1: metroid pinball no and you call yourself a metroid fan No. Yeah. that's cute that's really cute jordan when are you gonna <laughs> oh grow? yeah what are you gonna play this <laughs> <to>? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> i've never beat a metroid game despite having played actually You're no Metroid One. i beat metroid one never mind yeah, yeah. fuck yeah and then i actually only want to play not only but i'm looking forward to beating super metroid because then i can play finally play metroid dread all the way through um or you I, want to play Prime? I might go uh Super Metroid and then play Prime 1 and 2, and probably not 3, because that's the Wii one. And actually I want to play other yeah. M as well. Three is good. I've I, I played three, I just never beat it. Um so it maybe it's time to they're play. They're all
0: good. Yeah. The Prime trilogy is like one of those where I, I think there's no like stinker like Mass Effect. They're all good, but you're definitely like this one's like not mm-hmm. that fun. I mean Something Metro, smells. Metro Prime three people are like, and hey, motion controls, but I'm like,
1: the motion controls work well. Yeah. Come on. Well, it's a it's a game that I think motion controls is appropriate. It's yeah. it's it's not like I'm playing a platformer and I swing my Wii Remote to do one attack every five minutes. You don't like
0: using spin to gather shit on the Switch? Uh, in Super Mario Galaxy. That's I the didn't port.
1: M- I didn't mention Super Mario Galaxy, so that's interesting that you uh, projected that. You must not like that game.
0: I love that game, but uh, I don't like that they made they kept that as a fucking motion control in the port.
1: Oh, we should play fucking Mario Galaxy. I love that game. We should, we should play, play a lot of a lot of fucking games. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna play. We got Super we got Metroid. all this fucking time in the world and. Yep. and we have nothing up, but time. are lining up other shit to, you know what's, to play. Dude, you know what's awesome about life is you live forever. And I just can't wait to play yeah. every game that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Super Metroid's the next mm-hmm. one. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, thank you for listening to the show this month. Uh, Jordan, where can they find you on the internet?
0: They can find me at the, uh, the handle on Twitter at Ironheart1183 and on my uh, blog at ironheart1183.tumblr.com or something.
1: God, that's fucking cool. Yeah. You, you can find me, uh, youtube.com, uh, username, NicePants. That's my YouTube channel. Feel free to go check it out. Uh, but check out Jordan's first, because I, he's Yeah, direct. I've written so much. Yes, he is. As I said, that's fucking cool. Uh, are you writing anything right now? No. <laughs> well, there you go. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at InfinitePixelsPodcast at gmail.com That's InfinitePixelsPodcast at gmail.com you can
0: Fucking email us because we haven't gotten an email in fucking months other than fucking TikTok notifications. If
1: you have thoughts on Knots, 2 Knots 2 please email us at InfinitePixelsPodcast at gmail.com Garbage at the dumpster You can also follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore pixels Until next month Have a pleasant day. Okay, Robot Man. Thanks for listening. Played by Brendan Fraser
0: in the hit TV show Titans. Nice. And uh, uh, the other show. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Bye.